Uh, <laughs> I don't feel good. Is that is that Frankenstein like sitting up for like the first time in 150 years? That is a uh, yeah. That's a very weak, very skinny yeah. Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein's monster, not oh, Frankenstein. Jesus Seth. Christ! I well, if Fra- hey, if Frankenstein is alive 150 years from now, he would be sounding like that because he'd basically be dead. But he wouldn't be. He'd be dead. Frankenstein's monster can live that long, but not Frankenstein. But that's why I said if Frankenstein sat up. Oh so you might be- as well said if Pete Jones was alive in 150 years. It doesn't. Why does it matter that it's Frankenstein? <laughs> It was, still, a, it was a bad backpedal, Seth. It still worked. If you're wondering why uh, why the co-host sounds so fucking nasally this morning, I'm dealing with a little bit of an illness this you week. you say this morning? Did I say this morning? <laughs> Maybe, some people are listening in the morning, I would wait. Are they? So, um, good morning. Good morning, everybody. I hope yeah. you've enjoyed your coffee and donuts this morning, and uh, bet you're looking forward to lunch. I bet people like to listen to us when they go to sleep instead. I bet we put them to sleep. Exactly. <laughs> uh, now, I'm a little under the weather this week, so if my voice sounds a little weird, that's why. Um, and if, uh, if I'm not as entertaining, who am I kidding? I'm always entertaining. <laughs> if Seth's not entertaining this week, it's, uh, because he's Seth. Well, at least, uh, your voice is a little deeper than normal. Yeah. All the ladies will, oh, they'll yeah. swoon over my sick Cody voice. <laughs> I actually used to, when I was, uh, when I was in college, whenever I would go out drinking, you would find Kleenexes so that you could be sick and sound attractive put, to the no, ladies. I'd, I'd put Kleenexes in my, in my crotch. Oh, gross. Um, but, uh, that's cause I sneezed in my jeans a lot. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> that's Fuck. not where i thought that was you fucking go, gene sneezer that's where we got no the next morning after i would go out partying between drinking and singing i would have a, a really kind of um uh sort of raspy voice in the morning mm-hmm. and i called it my sexy cody voice <laughs> that's right and uh it, it was a hit with the ladies i'm not gonna lie yeah and it was by def- a hit i mean it someone liked it once and i <laughs> grasped onto that compliment it was definitely sexy um did you like so going back to the gene sneezing <laughs> <laughs> that's the name There's of the title. that's the title of the podcast <laughs> um so did you when like the the first time you were getting intimate with a woman and uh you know you, you might have ejaculated too early did you say i sneezed no i didn't <laughs> that'd have been weird if i did you should have welcome to episode 65 <laughs> folks uh this is the co-host cody michael i'm joined as always by the soho seth at <laughs> i chew <laughs> i even started it with a with a chew too <laughs> We're uh, we're coming hot, coming in hot off of our octa octa versary versary oh, last Jesus. week. Uh, that was sixty four. This is sixty five. Um, no real significance to sixty five to us, yeah. except for uh, that we're back for another show, and we're excited I to guess. do that. Um, Pack show today. We got a lot of good news. Um, news everywhere. Actually, we had a couple of movie reviews. We're gonna get to the TV corner. We have a really exciting Mambo number five that I'm I'm jazzed about getting into. I think it's gonna be Whoa. really interesting. Cody's jazzed. <laughs> One word summary is is back as well, but we're gonna start like we always do with some chic tweets. I call you a punk. Well, one thing I'm sure we'll talk about in the next segment is the big game between the Chiefs and the Patriots on Sunday. Uh, well, we also know one big NFL fan. Of course, that's the Iron Sheik. <laughs> so he uh, he was watching that game. Um, of course, one of the Patriots wide receivers is uh, Chris Hogan. Had a big touchdown pat- catch this week. So Sheik had to comment on Chris Hogan. I think I know where this is going. Patriots Hogan equal the real. The Hulk Hogan equal fucking jabroni. <laughs> he hates Hulk Hogan. Like I, ha- Half of his tweets, like 
here's a breakdown of Sheik's tweets. It's 30% Rob Tom, 33% Rob Thomas tweets, 33% hating Hulk Hogan tweets, and then like miscellany. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he actually hates the Hulk Hogan, oh, yeah. or is it like a thing like you and I hate each other? No, they actually do hate each For other. For real? Yeah. I think it. I, I don't know what it has to do with. It might have been like some controversy back in the day with. Uh, well, Hulk is a racist, so mm-hmm. he probably wasn't very nice to him. It's it's weird because I I I don't really hate anybody. I don't feel that strongly mm-hmm. about most people. But like, if I did, I, it would it would take a lot for me to dislike someone so much that I called him a fucking jabroni. <laughs> on twitter it yeah. seems pretty extreme that's true um for side note for any wrestling fans uh guardians of the galaxy star dave batista uh set up a little angle for like his retirement thing for wrestling so he's gonna probably wrestle one more match against really? the game the game and uh they're probably gonna he's gonna have his he's talked about this for years about wanting because he's always wanted to come back even while doing these big movies and shit um, and do a retirement thing against Triple H, and they set it up. So he also wow. talked about Ric Flair's giant dick last night. So that was interesting. That's that's uh, what? Yeah. I mean, I guess apparently probably Rick, he does. Yeah. Apparently, Ric Flair has a huge, huge dong. Woo! Yeah, that's why he's wooing all the time. Because <laughs> it's dragging on he, the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Every time it hits a rock, he yells woo. He's getting dick burned. Oh my god! Uh, we're off the rails here. We got to bring it back. Uh, this has been Chic Tweets. I call you a punk. Don't forget, folks, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box, and you're going to get your first 30 days and your first audiobook for free. Woo! Free! So get out there, check out what they have, and uh, I still am a couple weeks out for my big road trip. It'll be a two-day, two- or three-day trip out to Oregon for me, so send me your book recommendations, and I'll get them in the queue and let you know what I liked and didn't. So tweet me at underscore Cody Michael if you want to uh, recommend something to me. Otherwise, again, hit the link in the description box. 30 days in your first book for free. Free! Are you going to download uh, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret? I mean, I could. You should do it. Apparently, they're making it. a movie out of that. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe I'll get that on the list for the trip. Uh, but for now, we got to move on and talk a little video games. Video games! Wow! Wow! I'm going to talk first impressions of a game I just got here in a second, but first it sounds like we got some news from Xbox. Yeah. Uh, well, not necessarily from Xbox, but, about- but Xbox is involved. So, for anyone who needs a nice fast food meal coming up here soon, uh, so I prefer this place, usually at 2.30 a.m., two Crunchwrap Supremes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about Taco Bell, of course. Of course. I had two... Uh, this past Friday night, for, uh, I guess into Saturday morning, I had two triple-double crunch wraps. Oh, my frames. God. Oh, yeah. That's like 12. <laughs> that's 12 regular crunch wraps. No, it's not. Yeah, triple-double is six. Well, here's the thing. is They just put extra meat in it. They put another t- uh, tortilla shell and then just more meat. So it's not that many crunch wraps. Uh, it's more than you should be eating. But it was great <laughs> from what I remember. Um, I was going to say, I was I was with you at the time, but asleep. Mm-hmm. You're in the back seat of the car. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to my story. Uh, so, if you want to go get two triple, triple devil contraps uh, from Taco Bell, you could be a lucky winner of a platinum Xbox One X. Ooh, like platinum in color, or is this a new? Color and, I've not heard of this. Yeah, it's a platinum in color. It's, it looks sweet, actually. Um, but they're they're giving away platinum ex, uh, their special edition platinum X, Xbox One Xs through Taco Bell. Nice. I don't know what, what you probably have to get a certain meal and get like a scratch off thing or something. Or, Did they do this with PlayStation a couple years ago? Yeah, they've yeah. always they've always done their video game stuff at Taco Bell, which is perfect. But you know what they need to do? 
fucking like Taco Bell with like Bud Light. <laughs> I think I think more of more video game players like Taco Bell. Yeah. And are like ten. Mm-hmm. Than you know, like to drink beer, or can drink beer. I think that's I think that's the reason you don't see it as often. There's literally nothing that makes me happier than drunk Taco Bell, though. Literally nothing. Nothing. Name five things. Name five, name five things that make you happier <laughs> than drunk Taco Bell. I could do it. I'm not yeah. surprised that you can't. No, I could. Um, <laughs> but at that time, like, here's the so it does it does make me very happy in the moment. But like, there's nothing on this earth when I'm drunk at two thirty that I want more. Yeah. Than Taco Bell. I've and seen it. That's a fact. I've seen it. I got into a fight with a man once in a <laughs> in an Uber. <laughs> the you like the way a lion knows to tackle a gazelle is the way Seth knows to tackle two Crunchwrap Supremes. <laughs> oh, dude, and it's perfect because I've never thrown up after eating two Crunchwrap Supremes when I've gotten drunk. That's impressive. Yeah. I've been sober and thrown up because of Crunchwrap Supremes. <laughs> um, we're we're in video game news talking about Crunchwrap. No, we're in Taco Bell news. <laughs> We need a Taco Bell sounder. <laughs> oh my god, that'll do. Um, I want to talk first impressions. I recently got Shadow of the Tomb Raider over the weekend. Okay. It's the third installment in the new Tomb Raider series, and uh, I, I'm about three or so hours in. I think I've completed, I don't know, ten percent of the game or something like that. And um, I've liked it so far. Mm-hmm. I think that this is uh, one of the things I've heard most commonly said is that it, it's basically the same as what you're used to, mm-hmm. and I, I would agree with that. Um, and for some games, that would be a, a, a con or a detriment. But I think that the first two games in the series were so good, mm-hmm. they didn't really need to improve on much. Just give me a new story, yeah. similar mechanics and things like that. It looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, they've added a photography mode, which I'm not really into, but I can see yeah. some really gorgeous um, scenery and stuff that you can take a picture of. Mm-hmm. Um, I fought a jaguar the other night. Oh, yeah? That was pretty exciting and fucking terrifying because <laughs> hiding in the jungle and you have to sneak around and try to find it. Yeah, that was the, scary. The the other Tomb Raider games, when, like, shit jumps out at you, it's, it's I mean, I know the last one had, like, tigers and stuff. Mm-hmm. and Or bears. Those are hard to yeah, fight. Yeah, bears they just, are motherfuckers. Yeah, it, it would, and, it, like, the, the music would just go, like, and, like, mm-hmm. get real loud and, like, freaky, and then you're just like, ah! It's an incredibly cinematic game, mm-hmm. and this one is no different. Um, it's not, you know, perfect. It's not... Mm-hmm. It's mega HDR 4K or anything like that, but it looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, Laura's awesome. I, this is weird. I think they made her chest bigger in this one. Oh, than nice. It has been in previous iterations, which, you know, that I guess kind of cool. Rock fingers. <laughs> she can get it. Um, <laughs> I do like it. I like where they're going one. with the story. Um, I, I It seems like this will sort of complete Laura's... Um, uh, story trans- transformation and she's becoming the tomb raider still like mm-hmm. I, I feel like at the end of this she will be the tomb raider and i don't know if they have plans for more games after this or not mm-hmm. but this does kind of seem like a like a trilogy mm-hmm. to me um and i like where they're going with this they're they're into some mayan um you know uh folklore or whatever they, the hell they drive motorcycles around and stuff no not mayan's motorcycle club or whatever the no, fuck yeah. um mayan's like from mexico and shit oh, okay and uh, I think that's Aztecs. Someone correct me on where Mayans are from. I think it's South America. I just keep thinking Maybe of Maybe Chile. I'm back to tacos. <laughs> All right. I got to keep you off of tacos. Um, <laughs> this is a, It's a fun game. It's a fun game. It's yeah. interesting. Um, if you've liked the first two, go ahead and pick this up. If you haven't played any of the new Tomb Raiders, I would highly suggest it. In fact, um, let's go ahead and make the original uh, Tomb Raider from like 2013 or shit, whatever year. Um, let's make that our retro recommend this week. I don't know why you're lumping me into our retro recommend. That was you yours. wouldn't recommend that game? 
I mean, I like it, but I want to retro recommend. You cannot retro recommend tacos. I'm not fucking Crunchwrap Supremes. No, I could. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna retro recommend Tomb Raider from 1996. Uh oh, hit the All button. Right, 96. I'm gonna take it back in time. Where we're going, we don't need roads. And you know what? I'm also going to retro-recommend Tomb Raider the movie. No, I'm not going to do that. I'll recommend Tomb Raider the movie starring Angelina Jolie and even more Tomb Raider the Cradle of Life, which is the second part of that, which I think has Daniel Craig in it. I'll raise you. <laughs> <laughs> no more Tomb Raider. Rule of threes, Seth. Rule of threes. Um, Tomb Raider stuff is great. And actually, one fun thing about the new game is... Um, Somehow I unlocked this. I don't know how, but you can play as Laura Croft from the original game, and she's like rendered in the old school way. Oh, gross! It, it's really weird looking. That's um, uh, that's like on the Spider-Man game. You can go out to if you go out to a boat. Um, you're not supposed to be able to, but you can kind of jump towards them. If you pause it and take a picture of the people in the boats, it's the NPCs from Spider-Man, 2, the Spider-Man Two game nice. that were in boats, which are historically bad. Mm-hmm. Their faces are like a like 90 degree angle it's really fucked up they look like minecraft yeah yeah it's funny that isn't it funny with spider-man that basically the game spider-man 3 and the two amazing spider-man games that they came out with don't Mm. exist yeah everyone only talks about Mm -hmm. (laughs) spider-man 2 i just think that's hilarious it kind of goes right along with the movies um which not today but someday we're gonna get into spider-man 3 and why it's good it's not good and uh some someday today is not that day but uh we got to get out of video well, game news. I do. I do got uh, one thing about you saying uh, with Tomb Raider. I, I'm I'm definitely going to play this. Um, I'm excited though to play a game where um, I'm only playing when I'm playing for like two hours and I'm already ten percent done. That'd be really awesome. Yeah. That'd be re- <laughs> well, I don't know if you'll get to there because I don't do the side shit. Yeah. And I know you and Tomb Raider like to do more of the side shit than I do, but I'm moving pretty quickly through the story because mm-hmm. that's my I don't I don't care about getting mm-hmm. all of this stuff. Well, I know the Tomb Raider games are not super long story wise mm-hmm. like 13 hours something like yeah. that yeah yeah spider-man's like, like 25 hours for the story alone so yeah i'm almost there <laughs> i can't wait till you 100 percent. i'll have to throw you a party or something i won't completely 100 percent it because there's some side shit like there's secret pictures you have to take and stuff oh I'm not gonna do that mm. but i will get very close well never say never um let's never move out never. of never say ne- that's one of my that's probably my sixth or seventh favorite uh, justin bieber song good Top, oh, next week, top five Justin Bieber songs. All right, come back next week for uh, for Mambo number five. We're off the rails. We got to focus our <laughs> shit here. Uh, let's get into our one word summaries. There's only one word to describe you, and I'm gonna spell it out for you. P E N I. Oh, get out of here. C R U N C H W R A P. Dude, um, I couldn't. It, I probably couldn't spell Crunchwrap. Not when you're ordering a meal. No, camp. not when I just That's get a Crunchwrap, please. <laughs> one word summaries. We have three wacky news stories that Seth is going to summarize with only one word. I, after hearing only one word from each story, am going to choose which one we cover today. But don't worry, uh, all three links to all three stories are going to be available in the description box. So make sure you check that out. Not only for one word summaries, but for the links to our sponsors uh, and all of the stories that we've worked on today, as well as our social media information and all of that good stuff. So, Seth, one word summaries this week. Check it out. You said check it out. So, Your words are secure, abstain, and teeth. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm going to go with abstain. 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 Yeah. 
Abstain. All right. Well, secure was the first one. California cops secure escaped pig by luring it home with Doritos. Nice. Was his name Seth? Hey, <laughs> you would have to lure me, lure me with crunch wraps. All right. <laughs> It'd be more expensive than Doritos, but I, it, it could happen. <laughs> and then girl brings home crack cocaine from New York preschool thinking it was teeth. What? Yeah. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> Finally, and this one I definitely agree with. Philadelphia football analyst says Eagles should abstain from sex. What? Fox, Fox 29 analyst Gary Cobb, a former player, must may have ruffled a few feathers with a suggestion for the team for the struggling team. Now here he'll listen to this fucking punny first line. Oh, here we go. We can't imagine Philadelphia the Philadelphia Eagles thinking this could fly. <laughs> uh so a former player said said the team needed to stop having sex to reverse its two and three start this season. Um, that's not going to help anything. <laughs> said the Super Bowl champs needed a dra- needed drastic measures, a fast, if you will. <laughs> he says it fogs up your mind. What? <laughs> um, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. My mind is way foggier before. Like if I'm not, forget even having sex, but like you mm-hmm. know, some people got to get their rocks off. But. <laughs> People's minds are way foggier okay, when they're... Okay, 1960s fucking businessman. <laughs> I'm trying to be relatively clean. Um, people are way more foggy before than they are after. Before they what? Before they get their rocks off. Before, before they come. <laughs> before they sneeze their pants. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't um, that... Um, oops, sorry. Jesus. I'm, I'm, I can't see. Um, isn't that on Wolf of Wall Street? He tells him to go in the bathroom and... I don't remember. Turn some butter so that he can be focused to make his sales calls. I'm pretty sure that's what Matthew McConaughey tells him to do. Okay. Yeah, so someone from CNN, uh, she's from a university, or noted to CNN, she's from a researcher, scientific researcher. If sex is going to affect performance, it will be via lack of sleep. So this former Eagles player said the wrong things. Also, though, I think he should not just limit this to the Eagles and gently you know the team i'm I'm thinking like their entire fan base you think they're not fucking because you're all stupid and mean so go away you think they're not aggressive enough (laughs) yeah you take booty away they're gonna burn that city down actually not a bad idea burn the city down (laughs) i don't think we have any listeners in philly but we definitely don't now they're sending threat death threats to millie those jerks (laughs) (laughs) the only threat to millie's life is her fucking life yeah another breath but i mean like (laughs) Still, they wanted to kill her. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. I don't get. It. Well, they're gonna want to fuck her if if we take away sex from them. I, that's I true. Think as as much as I don't want to reward that <sighs> behavior, they all need to be having sex so that they stay fucking calm. No, I don't agree. Can you imagine though? Like Millie's the last woman left for these Eagles fans. Oh and my god! She, and that's like the ultimate payback. She's just like, Mm-mm. nope, not gonna do it. Yeah, not I wouldn't gonna... sleep with Philly fans if they were the last fans on earth. <laughs> that's <laughs> that could, funny. That'd be a good premise for a movie. I think. Yeah, let's write it. All right. All right, that's been the show this week. We got to get to writing this movie. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, that has been our one-word summary for the week. Again, make sure you hit the links for all of those, but uh, we're focusing in on abstinence for Philly players. I don't know if it's going to work. There's only one word to describe you, and I'm going to spell it out for you. All right, we're going to do a little bit of sports. Sports. And boom goes the dynamite. So they happen this week. All right, next segment. The NFL had week six. There's one thing I do want to mention. We're going to be quick about sports this week. The Rams are 6-0. and 
Yeah. They're the only undefeated team left because the Chiefs fell to the Patriots in That's an right. outstanding game mm-hmm. on Sunday night. That one definitely lived up, definitely lived up to the hype. Mm-hmm. Um, I caught the end of that one. That was incredible, incredible game. Excellent. Um, so even though the even though the the Chiefs lose, I I still think they're the second best team in football. That was a great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Patriots showed me a lot that I really liked, especially on the offensive side mm-hmm. in that one. So I think that they're fully back as a favorite. Yeah, yeah, one of yeah. the couple favorites in the AFC. They do what they do. The Chiefs, you know, they start or not Chiefs, but uh, Patriots start off slow, mm-hmm. start off about five hundred, and then once they get rolling, they're at full strength now. They got yep. they got Edelman back. They got Gordon now, which is scary. Yeah. Uh, they got Gronk is doing better. They got all. They got the best running game they've had in years. Sony Michelle's hitting a major stride yeah. right now. Hundred yards, I think, in a three or so straight. Yeah, leagues. it's he's in, he's damn good. He's a mm-hmm. damn good kid. And uh, yeah, the James White still catching passes. It's the most simple backfield they've had in probably fifteen years. Yeah, <laughs> it's because they don't have five backs. Um, I mean, Chris Hogan's starting to find his like like the like the Iron Sheik said. Uh, <laughs> Chris Hogan's starting to find himself a little bit and. Uh, yeah, getting healthy and and playing well. Defense is again. They're they're even though they gave up forty one points, they gave forty one points to the best offense in football. Yep, and uh, they 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 still. I mean, they they're shutting guys. Sammy Watkins didn't do anything. They have a really good corner in St- Stephen Gilmore. So, um, Stephon Gilmore, whatever. But uh, yeah, they, they're going to be good. They're going to be fine. The the I think this is I think this is locked in as the AFC Championship game. Yeah, I would agree with you. Especially the Jaguars are dog they shit. They were terrible. Yeah. Oh my god, they got throttled. Um, I think. Um, yeah, they are. They're going to need to prove themselves to me again mm-hmm. before I recognize them as a real threat. Um, and they're not even winning division anymore. Mm-hmm. Steelers are starting to come back to life a little bit. Steelers were good this week. Uh, it's going to be interesting. James Conner was a stud again this week. Hundred mm-hmm. plus yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is supposed to be reporting this week, which mm-hmm. is their bye week. He's not like showed he up yet. Yeah, probably won't. So if he doesn't show up, that's great for my fantasy team. <laughs> um, but if he does, we'll see what the Steelers are doing. But they are also hitting their stride. Yep. Um, Ravens are actually surprisingly good. Their defense is actually, I mean, they're the top statistical defense in the NFL right now. 11 sacks yeah. in the last game. The Ravens are going to be tough. They're going to mm-hmm. be tough out, especially for a team like Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. who likes to hold on to it and throw it deep. Um, I think Roethlisberger mm-hmm. can be in trouble when they play. Um, I think uh, the Eagles are kind of back. They beat the pants off of the Giants on Thursday night. Yeah, I want to um, see which it against you. Got a you got a point back from me on that game. <sighs> uh, I picked the Giants last week and Thursday night. You picked the Eagles. But I want to see a, a see them play a real team. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, they played the Vikings two weeks ago, but Didn't I don't I, I don't know where the Vikings are at even you know yeah. right now. So uh, and the Vikings did pants them, but <laughs> um, it, it, they played the Giants, who are just awful. They're so bad. I don't. It doesn't make any sense. Well, it's Eli Manning. That's yeah. what makes sense. Yeah, so that's gonna be. There's a lot of trade rumors going around that involve mm-hmm. Eli Manning. Well, I doubt they do anything, mm-hmm. but um, we'll see. But the Giants now one and five. I'm taking them off of my playoff list. I had them. Mm-hmm. I had them as a dark horse early on in the year when we talked with Kevin Goatee. But uh, once again, I'm being burned. Yeah, they're once glue. again I'm being burned by him. Um, that, that dark horse got turned to glue. It did. A dark. Yeah, <laughs> they murdered my dark horse. <laughs> turned it into glue. Um, the Vikings win. They did. Uh, still gave up seventeen points to the the bad, bad, shitty uh, Cardinals, and mm-hmm. I know like that's the least point total they've given up this year, which is great. I'll but, say this. I'll say this. Seventeen points is hard not to give up. Not a lot of point. Not a lot of teams are giving up less than ten or so points. And I think the Cardinals are a little better than people. They got David Johnson, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Rosen has played kind of well mm-hmm. for a rookie, so I don't think they're a total slouch team. The Vikings did also lose their first round pick. 
for the season this week too. So is that right? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, um, which I mean, he was kind of coming in as the nickel guy, but mm-hmm. they they're luckily the the first round pick was drafted in their their uh, most depth. Yeah, <laughs> position. position. Terrence Newman might have to put down the headset and put on his helmet, but <laughs> so that's going to be. I will say this about the Vikings: Adam Thielen. Oh. I, I'm never going to question him again. You, yeah. I can't. He's awesome. He had 11 catches again, 100, 100 <laughs> yards in every game this season. That's yeah. a record. Yep. Uh, leads the league in receptions. Uh, he might. That's a, that's a record. He's now broken by two games because it was four games. Now yeah. it's now it's six. Receptions, yards. I think he has records so far. I think he's on pace for like Randy Moss 07 numbers. Yeah, I've seen some people uh, already start to say um, potential MVP talk. Which, I don't know about that, but he's yeah. he's been a huge part of that offense. Thirty three percent of all the passes are going to him right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's a guy you're pretty psyched to have on your fantasy team. I yeah, know. it's true. Even though I can't fucking buy a win, <laughs> even though I have the fourth most points and I'm scored against the most, I can't <laughs> buy a goddamn win. Uh, Seth is having a tough season for sure. Um, the Packers are interesting to me. They have think, a. They're not very good. They have a comeback win. Uh, they have a, a, a Aaron Rodgers signature comeback end of the game win mm-hmm. on Monday night against the one and five 49ers mm-hmm. who don't have their starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, cool. Rodgers did it again, but against the 49ers. Mm-hmm. So it's like, are, can you be excited? I no. don't fucking know. I would be nervous if I was a Packers fan. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, even though he looked great, had that awesome comeback and ran for like 20 yards at one point. But he's still barely moving. Yeah, and that line can't protect him and. That defense isn't stopping anyone. Uh-uh. It's uh, it's not good for the Packers, and and I mean their schedule is only going to get harder from here. So I can see the Packers finishing third in that division. Oh yeah, I think it's Vikings Bears, and then a gap mm-hmm. before the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, Trubisky has been great. Yeah, um, he's six touchdowns two weeks ago. I don't know what he did this week, but the Bears won again. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and that defense is incredible. Khalil Mack, another MVP candidate. If you yeah. want to talk about Adam Thielen, they did they did lose to. Uh, to, to to the Brocktopus this week. Brock Is that lost. what it was? They lost to the uh, Dolphins. Yeah, Dolphins they lost in, in overtime. Game. That's right. To, to Bro- it's Brocktober. <laughs> it's Brocktober, baby. Brock Osweiler, of course, a journeyman millionaire. Yeah. Um, gets paid a lot <sighs> oh, to not God. play. Can you imagine? Yeah. That'd be pretty sweet. Uh, so, yeah. That, so, I'm glad they lost because that helps the Vikes in standings. Uh-huh. Um, Vikings do play the Bears soon, I think. They got the Jets this week. Woo! You know, that could be a good also, game. I think also, it's going to be a sneaky good game. It's in New York. Yeah. Yeah. And it's on. Eh, this one's on TV. God damn it. <laughs> Jets defense has been playing pretty well. Yeah. I like what we're seeing out of Darnold, and that run game has been great. Um, I think it's going to be a tougher game. I st- still give me the Vikes, though. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, Rams go to uh, the 49ers this week. Or no, it's at home. No, it's at the Niners. Rams go to San Francisco to oh. play. Should yeah, be an easy win, but big. they are without Cooper Cup goes down with an injury. Um, they're they're kind of beat up. The Rams yeah, are so you're, they're really being tested in all these games. They had a really yeah. good win against Denver though this week. Tough tough game. I mean, home or away. Okay, I'm gonna move up four hours into fucking sunny skies. Woo, big yeah. deal. Yeah, same not much same sunny. Trip. You go from sunny skies to sunny skies. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Better <laughs> than going up to New York <laughs> yeah. this week. And there's probably like four Niners fans in the world right now, so um, it's probably probably be more of a home game for the Rams. I hope so. I wish I could go to it. That's when I would go. That's a, that's a game I do want to go to. Rams, San Francisco, in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Someday I'll get it there, but not this year. Um, yeah, a lot going on around the NFL. We're going to keep it relatively brief this week, though. Uh, let's get ahead to our uh, last night's game today. This week's Thursday night game was the Broncos at Cardinals. Now, this is, um, you. I know you see that and you think, oh, man, crap game or whatever. I think this could be an interesting one. 
Broncos have been playing really tough, especially on defense. Yeah. They still have some offense to figure out, but they've been running the ball well. Cardinals, though, I think this offense is coming on. I think Rosen is sort of picking things up. Uh, always David Johnson is a threat. Jerry F- Larry Fitzgerald, just like we talked about. I think this is a an evenly matched game. Maybe not playoff contenders, but I think mm-hmm. this could be an interesting single game. Uh, I picked first last week. Tell me what you think of this one and who you got. Yeah, it's tough because the Brock, I mean, they've been kind of close, but, I mean, they've lost four straight now. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think the only reason they played close to the Rams was the weather. Weather the, did help. It, it was cold snow, and snow. Cold. Yeah, horrible. I think, and, and, and the Broncos, I think they had the advantage there because of their – you know, Gurley, Gurley's a beast and everything, but they, they have fresh because they have that kind of rotation going. Mm-hmm. They had fresher legs and that that weather is much more of a pounding type of attack. Yep. And I think that's why they were closer this week. Um, Gurley still goes for 200 plus in that game, though. Yeah, just, it's, just... yeah that's true. <laughs> but I think the Broncos were able to control kind of time a little better mm-hmm. um, compared to like some other of the teams that the Rams played. And the score was much lower than what a lot of the scores the Rams have had. Um, that being said, though. Uh, case or yeah case keenum he's not good uh unfortunately he, he just he misses a lot of throws and he, he put up a he put up like 200 yards this week for two touchdowns two picks but he's not he's not winning games for him he's losing games for him um he's not making the throws when he needs to it's people the people in, in denver are really calling for him to be out of there mm-hmm. um he i mean he doesn't he just doesn't benefit from a great offensive line there's just a lot there that's that's not great for the Broncos. That being said, though, it's hard to pick the Cardinals to win. Mm-hmm. It just it's just it just is. They have the worst statistical defense in the NFL on both sides of the ball. Yikes! Uh, they even though David Johnson's there and he's awesome, they don't give him the ball. Nope. He gets 13 carries. He should be getting 23. Um, they don't throw to him. He was he was he led the 2016. He led the the league in receptions for running backs. He's just. He's not used. Um, Larry Fitzgerald's old, <laughs> no doubt. And the only good receiver is is Christian Kirk. He's like 19 years old from Texas Texas A and M. So I it's I can't I can't pick the Cardinals. I don't think it's hard to. And it's it's in Arizona, right? Yep. I think I'm gonna go. I'll go with the the Broncos. I think it's gonna be a very close game. Actually, um, I'm gonna go with the Broncos though. I think it's gonna be good. I'm gonna go opposite you. Just keep it interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a coin flip for me, so I, that's why, especially why I wanted to go to first. Mm-hmm. Give me, the, give me Arizona at home mm-hmm. in a close one, like 17-14 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, not a game I'm probably gonna watch, but I'll be interested no. to see kind of. We're gonna be know, watching uh, Halloween. Halloween, yeah, yeah, going to that uh, last night as of the podcast yeah. dropping. So uh, look, look forward next week uh, mm-hmm. for a Halloween review. So. Wainer. Uh, Seth has the Broncos. I have the Cardinals for last night's game. One of us is already wrong. Yeah. Um, but let's move on. We got to get out of sports and into our next thing. A couple of exciting pieces of TV news coming up, and we're going to get into the TV corner. That's what she said. TV. Um, perhaps the least excite or the least uh, surprising news I've heard in quite some time. It sounds like uh, the first victim to cancellation out of our Marvel superhero series on Netflix uh, has gone down, Seth. That's very true. Uh, the the Iron Fist, the immortal Iron Fist, has died. Uh, yes, wow, he is canceled. Like an oxymoron. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Iron Fist has canceled the first Netflix Marvel show to do so. Um, I haven't watched the new season yet. I will because it's the last season. Haven't heard bad things about it, actually. And uh, it's kind of ties in with some stuff bring some characters are in it but um 
I'm not surprised, of course. <laughs> like you said, it hasn't gotten good reviews. I uh, don't think it's watched very, very much. And Iron Fist is kind of, from what I've heard from this season, like he doesn't even, he's not even the star of the show. <laughs> so, and, and I agree like that, that actor and that character aren't really a lead. There's just not a lot of depth to him at all. And I mean, there could be, but there's really that character, the comic book character in, in general doesn't have a ton of depth either. So, cause he, I mean, he's the embodiment of fucking good, you know, like I'm going to save everyone. That's all. He's never corruptible, all that shit. So it makes sense that he's not as compelling. He's not, he's not good for a, a 10, 12 episode TV show. You know, he, he, that could be, it could be a fine movie to watch, mm-hmm. you know, but not a long, long form TV show like Daredevil and all that stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. It's tougher for a character like that to have a long arc. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised by this at all. What have you heard? Will the character Iron Fist still be appearing in the other guys' shows? Have they said anything about that? No, I haven't heard any news, but uh, I would very much suspect him being in Luke Cage because mm-hmm. they have such a, uh, and I talked about it in the TV corner, I think, too, when I did Luke Cage, but they have such a, a, a deep-seated comic book history together um, in terms of like being foes and being partners and all that stuff that I could definitely see him being in there. And I also see Colleen Wing being in, in all the other stuff too. She was in a bit of Jessica Jones. She she She's definitely the most uh, entertaining character, charismatic character in, in Iron Fist. So, And she's awesome. She beats a lot of ass. So Love that. Um, I could definitely see her being in more and Iron Fist being in more, yeah. Well, that'll be interesting. Uh, not a lot of folks surprised. I don't think a lot of people are really going to miss the show. I've never heard anyone who's like a huge fan of it. Oh, Iron no. Fist. It was I think fine. it's just one of those that you kind of have to watch. Yeah. I thought I thought the first season was enjoyable in, in terms, like the story is pretty bad, mm-hmm. but the, the fighting, and the fighting in these are really cool, actually, I think. Yeah. I heard it described as a kung fu show. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the genre. And mm-hmm. that sounds interesting enough to me. I never watched it. Yeah. It's fun. It's just fun. It's fun to watch the fighting because it is very kung fu karate stuff. Like, Daredevil has a mix of that in there, but he just thumps people on the face mm-hmm. so i'm excited for that next season for daredevil people are getting jazzed up i about might it. i'm feeling like i might skip might watch iron fist and then go right to daredevil as mm-hmm. opposed to watching all the other shows that i'm behind on but i'm really excited for daredevil well there you go stay tuned for more daredevil stuff um uh, speaking of some superhero shows we didn't have this in the schedule but um my brother is pissed at you <laughs> because you're so hateful on the flash last week well, tell him to fucking watch better shows then or something. <laughs> if you watch higher quality shows you'd realize how bad the flash is <laughs> i love the new pretentious seth <laughs> i love it it's like it's like watching um it's like watching batman kill his first guy because <laughs> you've always been i've always I've, i feel like i've always been the more pretentious out of the two of us but i can i can see the darkness coming out in you <laughs> well it's not it, i mean i mean part, partially is pretentious because like when i watch all these better shows mm-hmm. um I can see how fucking bad the acting is in that show and, and just how low production it is compared to a million other shows, mm-hmm. um, which is not their fault. They have a low budget, but yeah. still it's like Supergirl hides it at least sometimes. And that show's <laughs> terrible. Um, I think it goes back to like, it's just the same shit over and over and over and over. And first season it was fine. It just continues to be the same thing. Mm-hmm. But I do, again, I do like the villain this year. So maybe they do something a little different. Maybe it's pulling you back. Yeah. And, uh, um, Supergirl again, terrible. Didn't like the premiere of that. Um, but Sam Witwer is in it. Oh, I like Sam Witwer. Oh, yeah. he's he's gonna be on it for a few episodes now. Isn't yeah, he? he's doing an arc. Yeah, very exciting for him. Oh yeah, that show's bad. <laughs> it's real bad. <laughs> well, it's worse than the Flash. Oh wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, 
I can't wait for those TV corners uh, mm. after these seasons come out. Uh, let's turn now to, I think, a, a better show, or at least one that you like better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon's Man in the High Castle. One, yeah. of the first, uh, one of the first major Amazon originals. Yeah, so it's actually the reason I got um, Amazon Prime. Because really? it, uh, it was like, I think it was like 30 bucks for a year. I was like, like during a Christmas sale or a Thanksgiving sale. Oh, nice. And I was like, well, it comes with Prime. And I see, I, I saw all kinds of reviews about Man in the High Castle the first season. People loved it. So I'm like, well, fuck, I'll buy this Prime. It'll save me money on shipping and all that. And I the same day I watched almost, I think I watched like over half of it that day. Because <laughs> I just kept, it was it was really entertaining. And like, uh, yeah, I love the the uh, old history chain, you know, it's history, yeah. uh, alternative history. That's what they kind of call it. But yeah, season four, they're getting season four. So uh, season three is out now. And I have probably, I probably won't watch it for a while <laughs> <laughs> just because I have so much shit backed up, but uh, I'm excited to watch it. It's very, it's just really interesting. And now that, I mean, they introduce like different kind of like the counterpart show. There's like two different universes mm-hmm. type things and some, how people can interact with each one. So, excited to watch it um there's been trail there's been so so many trailers of that before the movies really yeah there's two of them we went to the preview we went to bad uh, bad times at the Royale, and there was uh, i got there about f- like 15 minutes before the show um and there was two separate man in the high castle huh. commercials that's funny uh, but i haven't seen any on tv which is weird yeah that is interesting yeah um man in the high castle certainly a, fl- a flag flagpole Temple, what do they call the main flagship? Thing? Flagship, yeah, uh, flagship show for uh, thank you for uh, Amazon. <laughs> um, uh, this is one I've been interested in for a long time, That's but cool. never actually pulled the trigger on. But really cool. It, basically, if you don't know, it's uh, what might have happened had the Nazis won World War Two. Isn't that mm-hmm. kind of the idea? Yep. So it's an alternate history that really, and it goes pretty deep into all of the different kind of things and mm-hmm. all the different people that were affected. Because yeah, you get. You get, of course, there's like a, you know, America, like a small America rebellion. Like if anyone finds any America stuff, they're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, like if the Nazi finds some American stuff, they kill those people. But there's still like a small America left and they're trying to, you know, take back and figure out the mystery and stuff. But the cool, another cool part of it is like, so the Nazis won, but there, of course, there's also like China and, and, uh, or not China, Japan, Japan, Japan and, uh, and Italy. I don't think actually another thing about it, I don't think Italy is involved because they were so small mm. um, in the whole thing. But it, uh, Japan, it was Japan and and uh, Germany kind of split up the United States, and there's like a political battle there, in, in terms of like who's going to take over the power and all that stuff, which that's pretty cool too. Even sounds really interesting. Um, maybe I'll have to check this out. Stephen Root's in it. I like Stephen Root. Yeah. I'll put it on the never-ending list of shit that you tell me I should watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that is Man in the High Castle. We can look forward to season four, not for a while yet, but uh, but it has been greenlit. Yeah, season three took a while. I think season three took a year and a half to come mm-hmm. out. So, yeah, it'll be a while before season four. Well, there you have it. Uh, check out Man in the High Castle if you haven't yet. Uh, you can get that on Amazon Prime Video. For now, though, let's turn to some, uh, some current things that are uh, being watched by Seth. It's the TV Corner. In my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! <laughs> we, we, we always laugh about the I want to blow you thing in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For whatever reason, that time I really honed in on the that's in my TV corner. <laughs> That's so old. That was that was recorded. That was the original that was one record. of the OG sounders. Yeah, that was the original recording for the TV corner. Oh my god. 
and, and the rock band drums I'm glad we replaced with yeah. Ric Flair music. Yeah. Woo! Uh, so uh, the TV Corner, we got two shows this week. We do. Both Netflix. Um, I think they both came out the same week. No, Ozark came out the Ozark week Ozark was earlier. Yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah, uh, Cody just spoiled one. Thanks a lot. <laughs> um, Oops. But I'll, I'll start with uh, the other one. One you've seen. I'll be brief on this one. American Vandal season. Duh. Um, so Cody talked about it. Le- definitely liked it a lot. Um, I, I, t- I agree with him. Um, of course, season two is the turd burglar. Turd burglar. And, uh, same format of season one. You know, if you've watched it, um, s- someone in this case spiked some lemonade and, uh, people just shit everywhere. <laughs> and he, and he sets up this as uh, the turd burglar sets us up as, you know, his crimes against the school and he has multiple crimes against the school and, uh, trying to figure out who did it, who done it. A lot of twists and turns. Um, funny. I really though, I, I laughed the first episode a lot and the last episode a lot. And that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. I didn't really laugh the rest of the time. Right. I mean, you know, a few chuckles here and there, but, uh, th- the first episode is just because of the fucking utter chaos <laughs> of the shitting. <laughs> and I think like one of the last episodes had, some additional footage you hadn't seen before of like mm-hmm. there's one kid that was le- leaning into a, a urinal and they just kind of like held on him for a little bit longer than than what you've seen and he's just like spraying the back of your <laughs> yeah, urinal oh my god <laughs> and he's just like convulsing like oh oh it's so funny um <laughs> so yeah i mean it's not as funny uh as the first season i think so two things in terms of I, I like the first season actually as a whole better. Number one is I think I like the first season better because of the characters in the show to me felt maybe a little more likable, more developed, mm-hmm. I think, in the first season. So like the main kid, I don't remember his name, but the one they suspect pretty much the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was dumb, but also kind of endearing. And his little group of friends were fun. Um and then there's like that one girl character you kind of hated. Yeah. Um, I just felt like because they, they sit, there was a more simple season in that way and they spent more time on these characters. I got more time to like them and, and kind of understand them and, and feel more connected to them. Whereas this season, there was a lot of characters Yep. and they threw a lot of, a lot of twists and turns at your way with these new characters. Yeah. And I just never felt in it that way. Yeah. You know, so this is actually a really interesting point because We've we've gone over this a bunch of times between mm-hmm. you and I. I'm more of a, of a big picture plot guy. Mm-hmm. You want to zero in on characters and mm-hmm. talk about them. I would agree with you. I think that what I loved, I prefer the second season, mm-hmm. general, general in general, because I think that the mystery and the twistiness of it is a little bit better done here. Um, I don't care as much about the characters individually, but you're right. They are in the second season, I'll grant you, a little more sort of archetypes. Right? Yeah, and they don't surprise you as much as some of the characters mm-hmm. in the first one. So I do, I agree with you on that. But we're on opposite ends of plot versus characters being the important yeah. driver. Here's the other thing though about this season compared to last season that, and I, I even like the twist more. I like the twist more in the first season. Okay. Um, I think the second season, they're they're constantly trying to throw you off the scent mm-hmm. with just new Gross. character, new. Ca- <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's a pun. <laughs> I didn't even realize that when I said it. <laughs> so they're they're just constantly throwing new character, new character, new character, new character. It didn't didn't ever feel completely earned to me. Okay, sure. Um, it it felt it just felt like they were trying to throw you off for the sake of throwing you off. Mm-hmm. Whereas like with the first season with the main kid, 
you the whole time are like they add details in and you're like because because they focused on one person like the more details you got you're like oh he didn't do it but did he mm-hmm. oh but he did this but maybe he didn't do it mm-hmm. and then they would they kind of and they would those points they would throw in would kind of counteract each other uh and you'd be thinking about them throughout the whole season mm-hmm. until you get to the end and even at the end you don't completely know right which is again a thing I like. Whereas this season, they definitely spoon feed you. Here's the answer. They give you the end. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's why I think as a whole, both shows are are very enjoyable. Oh, they're both great. I love. I still I think the first season is just crafted better True. and and as a whole with writing and character. Do you think it also had the benefit of surprising you? You knew kind of what you were getting into in the second season. In the first season, everything was a surprise. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, and and it's also hard with just I mean, see, when when shows have multiple seasons like that and it's when a show especially is based off of a gimmick like Mm -hmm. this is it's hard for the it's hard for for it to live up to exactly what it was sure you know so so for the for this for this in this case i think just season one did it differently but yeah but maybe the newness of it could be could be for for me though as a whole just technically speaking I, i like season one better that that said season two i will give it uh i'll give it slightly uh, slightly above four, I'll get four point one. Paint the town Browns out of five. <laughs> four point one towns upon it. So I'm curious if you had to rank the first season, mm-hmm. how much? Like, what's the gap? Not a whole lot. I'd probably say, and that's hard because you know it's been time, and I, it's hard for me to think about. But I would probably, I'd probably do it uh, like four point four. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So there. So you like the first season better, but the second one's still great. Still four, very good. Four point yeah. one's still a very yeah. good one. Um, I'm yeah. I the first season of American Vandal is my favorite thing Netflix has ever put out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there are that experience of watching it is my favorite thing. But I do for, for some reasons like the second one better, and, sure. and the first does other things better. The the dick jokes landed better with me than the poop jokes, mm-hmm. like I said before. But um, I'm glad that you enjoyed it about as much yeah. as I did. And uh, if you're a listener out there, if you listen to us, you will probably enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, American Vandal seasons one and two. So make sure you check it out. And then, so my second show, Cody already spoiled it, that dick. My bad. Uh, Ozark season two, which is the Jason Bateman drama, uh, kind of there. The Netflix is Breaking Bad, which I cannot stand people still using that because it's not break, fucking Breaking Bad. I don't think it was ever, like that before the first season came out, people were saying that. Mm-hmm. But from what I hear, it's never been that. No, it's not. But people say that. Right. Like it's yeah. what people kind of describe it as. Mm-hmm. And it's annoying because it's not. Um, <laughs> don't say Breaking Bad if it's, it's not, not Breaking Bad. It's <laughs> not not even saying this close to similar um so yeah it's the it's the drug show which is that's the only similarity uh with J- starring jason bateman laura linney that's there that's only kind of like real stars in it but jason bateman is marty baird um don't remember what laura linney's character's name but she's mrs bird she's actually like way more important than being just the wife but uh so yeah this season picks up pretty close to when the last one left up if you watched the first season marty is uh he's he's a money launderer for a drug cartel this season they're so they're trying to figure out ways to one try and get out of the whole thing with this drug cartel because it's definitely screwing with their family but they are trying to figure out legitimate ways to do it because there's a lot of money going through jason bateman enterprises he's got a ton of businesses and stuff and he wants wants to find a way kind of one big way to have uh, the cartel continue this money consistently where he can kind of just step back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so this way is a casino. So they're trying to build a casino uh, in 
this Missouri town, or, or I guess Lake of the Ozarks. It's not exactly in the Ozarks, but Lake of the Ozarks. So the, yeah, they're trying to legit. So they're trying to legitimize it through the through the casino, and there's a lot of political stuff this season with the with the the casino. Um, Laura Lenny's character is is definitely driving that that part of it, whereas Marty, uh, Jason Bateman's character, is trying to he, he's he's kind of more on like the the drug side and the a little bit more of like the illegal side of things. So that's kind of cool. Uh, with with this show, I definitely don't. I mean, if you're comparing to Breaking Bad, I definitely enjoy Breaking Bad way more. But this has has its own things, which are which are which are separate. So if you're comparing it, um, Laura Linney, her character is way more important, way more effective, um, just a overall better character than like Skyler was in Breaking Bad. Okay. Skyler like pisses people off. Everybody hates her. And Laura Linney is really, I mean, she is this season, especially she's way, she's actually more important to the show than even like Jason Bateman's character mm-hmm. in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, you also have some really good, the thing I liked about the first season too, is there's a lot of really good uh, supporting characters throughout the show. There's this, uh, there's this like red, redneck hillbilly family that I talked about uh, for the last season that returns uh, this Ruth character. Uh, she is, she, Kind of she, so she she basically takes care of this redneck family, but she also takes care of pretty much everything for like Marty. For Marty, she runs like his strip club that he owns. Um, she's always like running around doing stuff, but like she's definitely underappreciated by Marty. So there's kind of that dynamic going on. Mm-hmm. There's also a character death in last season that carries over to this one. There's an FBI agent that kind of is watching Marty. That was from the first season. He's he's got a decent arc in this one. There's just a lot of like kind of interconnected storylines which they run pretty well. Um, I just don't have, when I think about the show though, I, there's nothing bad I can say about it, but there's nothing that like gets me charged up about watching it. Sure. You know, it's not, I know it took you a little bit to watch. You didn't binge it like you do some shows. Yeah. Well, I didn't have time, but at the same time, I, it wasn't like I wasn't excited to watch it. Mm -hmm. It's good. It's very well acted. It's very smart. Uh, it's, I can't say it's very smart. It's very well acted. It's written well. Decent characters throughout. I uh, like the kids are really good. They're they're definitely those. The kids are way better than what fucking are the Walter Junior <laughs> was. Jr., yeah. yeah, but it just doesn't have the same sort of grab like grab of your attention like a Breaking Bad does, or even some other dramas. Like it's good. You'll be entertained watching it, but it's not like some people get really hyped about this show, and I don't quite understand it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's your twists and turns. There's deaths, a bunch of deaths in this season, and again, entertaining. But it's not like Breaking Bad to me had just like it was a slow burn, and when they hit you, they, they hit, hit they hit you. This show tries to do that, but I I don't think they take a good enough time to build up to some of those, you know. So I don't know. I I enjoy it. I, I will continue to watch it. We announced we talked about season three next week. But it's just not not completely the best thing you know I've watched mm-hmm. in terms of a drama even. So I would give this I'd give season two probably like three point eight. Really? Okay. Three point eight. Uh, three point eight headshots. There's a lot of headshots in this. Ah, three, I like three, a good headshot. Three point eight uh, headshots out of out of five. Yeah. So you, uh, I will say you're you're you are lower on this than a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people really really love this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, see, it's like it's like Venom. Um, people love audiences love Venom. Mm-hmm. Critics don't as much. Yeah, is this is reviewed in like the sixties on Tomatoes, and I I would put it above sixties. I would say you know if if I sh- I could see it, I'd 
I'm I'm shocked it's not like in the 80s, uh-huh. which is a, like a lot of a, what a lot of Netflix dramas are in. Yeah, um, is like the 80s, and it's definitely good enough all around. I mean, it's been nominated for Emmys for Christ's sakes for some of the writing and and uh, acting, but it just doesn't have the same oomph like some of the other dramas sure. do. You know. So if I said that Ozark. If Ozark was a baseball team, it would hit a lot of singles and doubles, but not mm. a lot of home runs. Yeah. Does that make yeah, I mean, sense? There's a few there's a few home run moments, but nothing and it takes all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. That's another part too. I think Breaking Bad is paced much better. Sure. You know, like there the and there's just you know, you get a few episodes, even like Better Call Saul does it too. A few episodes, boom, they hit you with something crazy. A few more episodes, boom, they hit you with something crazy. Yep. Whereas Ozark is like premiere, which is all right. And then, you know, there's a few like buildups and then it's like episode context 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 <laughs> and then boom big moment and uh-huh. then a few more things and then boom big moment and then that kind of that's it sure so hmm. maybe maybe it needs to be paced better maybe that's what it is is it just like the middle can kind of drag for a while like i was i watched part of this on the plane out to la i watched like three episodes on the plane to la um i got i mean it's like i was like i need to watch something else i need huh. Um, and so I watched that three identical strangers and then finished up watching more Ozark. I should have finished Ozark on the plane. Uh, all of it. I had just enough episodes to do it and I didn't cause I was like, I just don't want to watch it right we're now. Not, you were just weren't hard for it. Yeah. I get it. You're a little lukewarm on it. Nothing wrong with yeah. that. Not bad um, show. Definitely still not bad positive at all. Re- yeah. Still positively reviewed. Just not mm-hmm. a favorite. Yeah. Which I mean, how many favorites can you fucking have? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, so nothing wrong with that. So, uh, maybe you disagree. Maybe you think Seth should be higher on Ozark. Let him know at Seth O Otter at Soko show pod on the tweets. If you think he's an idiot and this should be 4.8, but can gonna- you take me higher. <laughs> That's all the creed we got. Um, so Ozark, 3.8. Mm-hmm. And we had American Vandal season two at uh, 4.1 mm-hmm. this week in the TV corner. That's in my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! Ooh, very excited for this. It's time to get to our Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen. This is Mambo number five. I sound exactly like him. Do you? Yeah. Mambo number five. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. Not it's even the close. same. It's exactly the same. <laughs> Not even close. Get out of here. I am Lou Bega. Uh, very excited Again, about this one. more like Lou Holtz. <laughs> Get out of Lou Holtz. Um, how did I Lou on a while? I'm going to get him on here. Uh, Mambo number five. Last week we talked a lot about these Disney uh, live action remakes that are coming out. Aladdin, Lilo and Stitch, uh, The Lion King, etc. Uh, Seth had the really exciting idea to come up with our wish list. These are our top five wish lists of things that we should think should be remade. These mm-hmm. can be books, movies, TV, video games, comics. Um, top five things Horns. that we want to see remade. And it could be by any medium. So we have to be specific. Mm-hmm. Should it be a TV show? Should it be a movie, etc. So we're going to work our way down from five to one on our wish lists. And uh, I think I went first last week. So it's going to be you okay. this time. All right. Number five. My number five is this is a, I was having trouble with a list, but this one kind of just came to me randomly. Um, so we talked a few weeks uh, back about our favorite Nickelodeon shows. And this one didn't make my list of overall Nickelodeon shows, but it's in my honorable mentions. And something I think would be really interesting to be taken kind of a little more seriously and maybe make it into a streaming show is Danny Phantom. Oh, fuck yeah. 
So you could do because there was a lot we talked about it during talking about that show. There was a lot of a lot of kind of mythology involved because mm-hmm. kind of like uh, Avatar, the last airbender. Yeah, there's a lot of mythology there. And Danny Phantom is a lot less, but they're doing the Netflix series uh, on it and all that stuff. So I think you could do it. Danny Phantom, too. Maybe make maybe make it live action and kind of take it seriously with, you know, him doing, you know, turning into a ghost essentially um going through that experience and you know having the the villain that he's going after all the time and kind of do like a you know all different mini villain type things and i think it could be really cool as a series i love that idea i can definitely see it on netflix with Mm -hmm. kind of the um almost the kind of like riverdale kind of look to it with kind of some pops of color and stuff i love that idea i Mm. never would have thought of any phantom but uh, that's a great one i would totally watch the fuck out of that i don't know why i thought i was thinking about like shows when i was a kid and i was like uh, Rugrats, no, that'd be stupid. <laughs> uh, um, Fairly Loud Parents, no, that's stupid too. Yeah, and then like Danny Phantom came to me. I love it. I'd yeah. watch it. Yeah. Uh, my number five is going to be a, a video game actually that I reviewed on the show um, sometime last year called Touring Test, mm. um, which is a sort of a portal type um, multi-level puzzle game. Sure. Um, but the idea of it is that um, you are a, a human and you're in this facility with a um, an AI voice mm-hmm. and you are a touring test for this AI. Mm-hmm. And so it deals a lot with what makes someone human, what makes someone an AI, how do they interact, um, what is real and things of that nature. So uh, I love that thought and that question. Mm-hmm. Um, Ex Machina is a, is a similar thing. Uh, a movie that I watched and reviewed a little while ago for this one, which by the way, I think is on Netflix right now. It's on one of the streaming services. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Ex Machina, watch it. It's fucking great. Um, this would be something similar. Uh, probably it's a movie. Yeah. Where you uh, you see the main character go into the facility and work work his or her way through. And as the twists and turns of the game unfold, you start to realize what the AI is. Is it good or is it bad? Um, there's a lot that goes on throughout the game that's kind of twisty and turny. I, I could definitely see this as a great movie. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, obviously set... Uh, like in space or in some sort of science facility. So I think it'd be interesting, sort of a psychological thriller type thing mm-hmm. um, where you're wondering, is this is this AI good or bad or who do we believe and what is everything? You know, right. who's a human, who's not? I, it could be really cool. I love that kind of thing myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I that I think I think it's a movie, I think, for me. Yeah, probably. Number four. My number four is one I think people have talked about and it's probably going to be the next iteration of the series, but uh, of course... Harry Potter. Hmm. Um, a lot of people, this is a reboot's been talked about for a while. Um, I think uh, the best way, again, is a television show. Mm-hmm. I think they're, because, and it, the movies did a pretty good, decent job, and that's why I had this lower. Like, obviously, I want to see this, um, but I have this lower because I think the movies are are good enough all as a whole. There's really not a stinker in the, in the whole bunch. Some of them are a little less entertaining, but they're all they're all pretty good, and they're all yeah, well made. Really well done, yeah. Um, even like looking back at the effects from 2001, it's like that still holds up. Pretty solid. Yeah. yeah there's some green screen crappiness uh-huh. with the Quidditch, but it generally is pretty good. Yeah. Especially for a one. Mm-hmm. So turning it into a TV show, though, because they do have to cut out, they cut out like three books worth of material. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Especially to, in the second half of the books, right? Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of extra lore and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think they could do an awesome job each, each season being a year of Hogwarts and really diving deep into it i think people would would love that show netflix would make a killing off of that show oh my god so do you think uh, let me ask you this so in the either sixth seventh or eighth book or sixth or seventh book they start to get into the dumbledore and grindelwald mm-hmm. stuff would you like to see that as part of maybe the series is just called hogwarts or something 
And then you're watching Harry through six seasons, and then maybe a seventh season is a, a, a rewind back in time to young Dumbledore and Grindelwald, or do you see that more as a second thing altogether? I would see it as, as well. I, I mean, I think it would. Ha- I think it honestly would just be fine to put in the show a Harry right. Potter show, just like keeping it in. I mean, you could del- dive deep into it maybe in a separate thing, mm-hmm. but I think be- the way that it lays out in the books and and how how. And the way it flows in the book, it, it, it they give you enough. They're flashing back to inform yeah, the present time. I think it just fits in with the the flow of the book. It fits in really well and makes mm-hmm. you even more like, oh, okay, you know, let's go, you know, type stuff. Because they do yeah. it kind of in the heat of, it's the seventh book, and they do it in the heat, the, the Grindelwald stuff at least. They do that kind of the heat when, you, when you're ramping up in the book. They kind of start, they do it as you're getting more and more into like finding the last Horcruxes and then getting into the last battle. So... I think it, finding out that information gets you really more hyped to to keep going, you know. So, um, God, I read that book in two days. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about it now, but yeah, I think that would I think it would it would fit in actually really well with the TV show. I don't think it would maybe like kind of do it a little earlier and splice it out a little more, mm-hmm. but I don't think it would like you know bring the pacing to a halt. Sure. Yeah, I like this. I'd watch it. I'm not as big a Potterhead as you mm-hmm. and a lot of, basically everyone else I know a lot of Harry Potter more uh-huh. than I do, but I still do like it and I would watch it. Yeah. But you're right. And everyone and their brother would be watching Like they this. do with Sears of Force and Unfortunate Events, you uh-huh. know, they could do something like that. Yeah, definitely. Netflix. I would enjoy that a lot. I like it. Um, my number four is a little bit of an, ex- a little bit of an obscure uh, short story. It's called The Egg. Um, I know I've talked to this to you about this off I think so, off yeah. podcast, but um, Andy Weir, who was the author of The Martian, mm-hmm. wrote this short story and it's about a guy who dies and meets God, and God basically tells him, um, this is a short story I'm going to spoil, um, and I would still recommend you reading it, but um, the way, and it's maybe like a five or ten minute story, mm-hmm. um, what the guy comes to find out by talking to this God is that he, this one guy, um, is is going to be reincarnated as a different person in a different time mm-hmm. on Earth. And the, um, the conceit and the twist ending of the story is that that's always been happening mm-hmm. and all people for all times have been this one guy just mm-hmm. reincarnated and so i think this could be a really interesting i almost think it's more of a like a a, a dramatic like 24 episode season like like network show oh jesus right um where it's maybe a little bit lighter mm-hmm. right but but it's definitely a longer um a longer, longer uh, form, longer form network show where uh, almost like Quantum Leap or something like that, where each week he's in a new life mm, okay. and then each episode ends with him in the void at the end talking to God about what he learned. OK, right. So it's kind of serialized, kind of uh, anthological, but he gets a life each time. And maybe you could add some twists where maybe he starts remembering things from other lives. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need to ramp up the drama, maybe there's some stuff with that God where we're wondering, is this a benevolent God or mm-hmm. what, what's going on here? Um, there's a lot you could explore that's not in that book, but you yeah. can make it more dramatic. But I really like the idea of just basically Quantum Leap. Yeah. E- each week he's in a different life, in a different time, meeting different people, having to do something different. Um, I think that could be really cool. And I don't generally like you know, your 24 episode half hour seasons on TV. They're just generally not as good a TV. Everyone wants Netflix or HBO shit. Mm-hmm. But I think this fits that model maybe even a little better. Yeah. I picture that being on CBS. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if I, I, I mean, it's interesting. I don't know if I'd watch it just because it is a, a different thing every week. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to stay entertained by that. But. Yeah. And it would work as well as a major HBO thing. But mm-hmm. I think to get, I think, um, 
I think a network would jump on it because of that serialized, mm-hmm. um, you know, model where mm-hmm. it's a, a same story kind of, but a different way every week. Right. I think one of those would jump on it, but it would also work really well as um, a, a, a hyper dramatic prestige show mm-hmm. over a long period of time as well. But I think I think more realistically, it would be one of those half hour dramas. Yeah, number three. Um, I'm gonna keep this one brief because I think it's something we all want and have talked about a lot. Um, and it just needs to happen is, uh, the DCEU needs to be remade and remade fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's just, I mean, it's not good. And I, I, here's the thing is I really want them to all be separate now and tell their own stories. Like that's mm-hmm. awesome. But I think they could do an awesome DCEU if they did it Marvel style. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, again, we talked about it. DC has the best overall separate storylines. Mm-hmm. And if you could inter interweave them with everything and make it a cohesive thing and then do the Justice League type thing, it would be awesome. It oh, just yeah. would. There's so many great characters, there's so many great villains, so many great stories, iconic crazy stories. And they just haven't found a way to do it. And I mean they plan it all wrong. So I think you just reboot it, make it awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like find want an awesome version of the DCE. Yeah, please. please. Yeah. <laughs> and DC, what's interesting though, the fact that Marvel did this better is, is it's amazing because DC was way better set up for this. Mm-hmm. DC is always, that's always been the case mm-hmm. that all of DC heroes are in the same world. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's even a map for it. So mm-hmm. like, um, it's weird that they botched that so badly, but yeah, I, yeah give us an awesome DCE. I please. agree with you there. <laughs> um, my number three is, um, I want a, like an illumination animation, right? Mm-hmm. So that's your, uh, minions. Yep. Um, and the new Grinch that's new coming Grinch, out. Yeah. I want crash bandicoot <laughs> movie done by, uh, by illumination. Well, I think that would be great. I, it'd be entertaining hopefully, but you know what happened the last time they tried to make an animated video game movie? Are you talking about Ratchet and Clank? Yeah, that was yeah, awful. That was not good. And I don't know that crash would be much better. Yeah. I think it'd be a fun, very lighthearted kids movie. Um, 90 minutes tight. Mm-hmm. Neocortex is a bumbling tight. fool. Um, but I think it would just be cute and fun. Yeah. And people, I would go. I'd, I went to Ratchet and Clank too. So I'm not saying this is going to win an Oscar or anything like that, but I think I'm amazed it hasn't happened yet. Well, in a world Ferdinand is uh, is nominated, Crash yeah. Bandicoot definitely could. Yeah. I would lump, uh, maybe a, to use the same slot, Spyro could do a good movie too. You know, yeah. um, Get some animators on that. Make a cutesy poo movie. Slap Crash Bandicoot on it. You're going to make money. I'd go see it. poo. <laughs> Um, I, I think definitely a movie, not a series is just not enough yeah, depth yeah, yeah. there. Um, but yeah, if, 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 especially illumination because their animation looks a lot like the late stage, mm-hmm. um, crash bandicoot animation already. Yeah. So, um, I think it could be cool and cool and fun and cute and Coco could come in and be smart and crash could fart and stuff and kids would think it was funny. I do like farts. <laughs> That's what you <laughs> took out of all that. Yeah. <laughs> number two. Uh, my number two is something I've wanted uh, to pass for about three hours now. No. Uh, <laughs> my number two is something I've wanted for a long time uh, since I was a kid. Um, I guess probably since like PlayStation 2 came out or PlayStation 1 came out when graphics got 3D. But we've never really gotten a good version of this, which is uh, a Power Rangers game. Oh, yeah. So back in the day, Super Nintendo had Power Rangers and it was a side scrolling thing. And I enjoyed it because I was a dumb kid. And then uh, just recently when the Power Rangers movie came out, they released a, another sky, like kind of a version of that game, a side scrolling cartoony game, which is a lot of fun. That game is fun. That's really fun to play as, as a group. 
Um, but you never had a good like third person Power Rangers like over the shoulder battle like like a almost like Spider Man could be you mm-hmm. know like doing like doing like Spider Man um, would be would be a lot of fun not open world you know by any you don't have to do an open world you could do you know Angel Grove yeah um, but having you know you could choose your ranger you could have storylines throughout it could be you know could be open world could carry along and do one storyline they could do the green ranger storyline type stuff you can unlock the green ranger outfit there's a lot of shit you could do there and then fucking having like um megazord battles would be awesome um just i think it'd be a lot of fun and they've never really done a good job of of that i would love a big studio to take this on Mm -hmm. um insomniac that's just who made spider-man right uh i think so yes Insomniac. Who, who made who made uh uh, Sunset Overdrive. That's Insomniac. Yeah, then then, think, then, then it's then it's. Then. Yeah, I think um, I could see it done kind of like Spider Man with mm-hmm. that aesthetic because um, you're you know jumping and flying around and shit. Mm-hmm. I love this as a as a big like like triple A title mm-hmm. right with a great story and more action like a third person over the shoulder yeah kind of thing is what you're picturing. Mm-hmm. I love this. I would play the fuck out of that. Mm-hmm. My number two is kind of a, a either or right. One of my favorite audiobooks that I've gotten. Um, series of audiobooks. There's three of these on Audible, by the way. AudibleTrial.com slash Soko. 30 days in your first book for free. Free! Uh, the Fear Saga. It's uh, Fear the Sky, Fear the Survivors, and Fear the Future mm-hmm. are the names of these. This is the one where um, it's set in a very realistic current time, and there is a um, a ship, an alien... Uh, there's a, an asteroid meteor shower that mm-hmm. happens, and... Um, a few a very few people realize that this meteor shower is actually a bunch of alien ships coming to the planet mm-hmm. and they land and each of them there are 12 of them i think something like that 12 or 8 or something they each uh, have aliens who are posing as humans and trying to work their way into the political systems of the planet mm-hmm. so that they can tear down our civilization so that the rest of their alien people can come take our planet mm-hmm Right. So it goes through that entire process over like 25 years or some shit that these three books occur. Mm-hmm. You meet a million different characters. You get a, a bunch of different angles on it. Um, all the uh, the agents are the names of these aliens have different stories. Um, you get the story of what's happening back on the alien planet. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of really cool different characters. And this is a big global worldwide story. You're not really focused in on one character. There's a couple characters that go the entire length of the series, but you're not it's not about them it's about the whole planet mm-hmm. and i think this works one of two ways one as a super high budget game of thrones hbo show <laughs> right where every week for like six or seven seasons um this this story kind of unfolds and and grows and changes a lot over time because mm-hmm. from the first book to the third things change a lot um there's technology that's introduced the 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 government systems change it's a whole big thing mm-hmm. i think it works really well that way or as a telltale game oh, that'd be and cool. i know telltale isn't you know around <laughs> but the way that they can bounce from different Bring characters it make it very very narrative based instead mm-hmm. of action based um but still put in some quick time events because there are some action sequences in this sure um but it would need to be a very long telltale series for that to work mm-hmm. the way i would really love to see it is as a as a prestige hbo star or hbo showtime show a very it's got to be long though because there's mm-hmm. a lot of shit that happens in this one but get great actors in there high budget great directors it would win a million emmys uh i'll be amazed if this never happens because <laughs> it, is, it is an incredibly cinematic book or mm-hmm. series of books and i think it'd be fantastic for that i know if mike v's listening he's pumping his fist because he agrees oh yeah yeah um 
just to clarify a little bit when I was thinking of this list, I wasn't thinking of like ed adaptations. I was thinking more of things that have already been made into like media media. And that's then, a good that's a good uh well that'd be the so Fear Saga and the Egg are the ones that probably don't apply to that. Right. Um, um but, but yeah. If, if so if I would have if I would have included that, like adapting and that could have been its own list as adapting mm-hmm. probably. But uh in probably number two would have been the Steelheart books for me. Yeah. Um those are the you haven't read those of course, but um the that has so much lore and, and shit involved. That's the the books about the uh, there's certain people that are heroes or I guess they're technically villains, super powered. And uh, there's a group of like mercenaries to try to take them down. And a lot of shit involves. That's another one Mike V loves. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, you know what? Fucking Mike V, that guy, he, he takes suggestions and he just does them. Yeah. You know? He gives a good suggestion, especially on audiobooks. Yeah. That's an audio, that's our audiobook guy. This is, this is, this is why Mike V is definitely like the best guy we know. <laughs> <laughs> Cause he, he doesn't fight back. He just does it. So shout out to you, Mike. Um, Love you, buddy. But uh, but Steelheart would be an awesome, awesome, awesome series, or more series than a movie, mm-hmm. just with all the heroes and all the action and all the cool, cool stuff. Uh, but anyway, I yeah, digress. I don't know why I confuse those t- two things in my head. But you're yeah. right. I'm, yeah. I'm doing adaptations and reboots. Yeah, uh, I will say my number one is a reboot. Okay. So um, give me yours first. All right, number one. My number one. Is something we've talked about many, 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 many times. Um, we talked about this before even the movie came out. Um, but this was a movie, was a book, then a movie. Uh, Underwhelm me as a movie. Ready Player One. Oh. I I so badly want this as a TV show. Yeah. Um, like more than any other fucking thing. <laughs> I want this as a TV show so bad. Um, the movie just didn't have everything it needed to make it awesome mm-hmm. the movie i thought was just fine mm-hmm. i had fun but you can have i mean ready player one is fun but that's not there's so much more to it mm-hmm. so much more to it yeah it's fun to listen and hear the cool things and all that but there's just so much layered in that book and the story and the mystery and the the adventure you go on is just incredible and that as a TV show would be outstanding. Oh, it'd be incredible. Oh my God, it'd be so good. Because um, you could get down deep into all the cracks. Oh, yeah. That's what makes Ready Player One so great. Because there's could, so much depth all it, the way through that. Yep. And you could show every bit of it and everything that you visualize. Because I've never, I don't think I've ever visualized a book better than Ready Player One. Yeah, I and, do. And I think I could, you could easily visualize that as a TV show and it would be outstanding. Mm-hmm. So. That's my number one. I've talked about it on here before, I think, as wanting that as a TV show. Um, sorry, Steven Spielberg, but you need to have that shit rebooted like now. <laughs> I would agree. My, I have a similar number one. Mm-hmm. I just, for the love of God, make The Dark Tower as a cool <laughs> I series. I thought about that. Oh, my God. I was one of the probably top 10 or so most anticipated movies of my life has been The Dark Tower because mm-hmm. I love The Dark Tower series. Mm-hmm. That movie sucked. Oh, yeah, it was bad. And for the same reasons that, that um, Ready Player One could have been better, there's so much depth across that entire story yeah. that they didn't even, they did not even scratch the surface uh-huh. in Dark Tower. There's so much to be told there. This is another Showtime HBO 8-9 season epic with a star actor 
and mm-hmm. major directors and a huge budget. Mm-hmm. This is Game of Thrones too. If they come out with this, mm-hmm. it will be as successful as Game of Thrones. I they fucking just, promise you. They just couldn't tie it into the movie because that movie is bad. No, get, they, yeah, wax the whole movie uh-huh. and and get get all new shit in there. And it would, I swear to you, how many how many Emmys does Game of Thrones win? Dark Tower would win at least as many fucking Emmys. Yeah. I promise you. I, I I was thinking about it now because like yeah I know you were anticipated you were really anticipating that movie you talked about it like every day and when that movie was bad and I walked out and I'm like I want to say how bad that movie was but I really don't want to crush him uh, <laughs> and then I crushed it I, think <laughs> well, I, I just didn't want to like because I knew you I knew you thought it sucked too mm-hmm. um so I didn't want to like beat a dead horse like that yeah. movie's because you already know that movie's bad it's it's like it was it it was like equivalent to like if the rams like the rams in the playoffs last year a lot of hope they're looking good uh-huh. and then they just blow fart up. box yeah they have a stinker of a game same thing dark tower kind of did the same thing you had that happened twice to you in one year between the rams and dark tower yeah 2017 disappointing year for cody <laughs> no doubt no doubt and it shouldn't be that hard just fucking make dark tower mm-hmm. i hope it's in the works there's been rumors of it i mm-hmm. let's get it out folks yeah but it sounds like they're gonna do the kind of continuation of the movie as opposed yeah, to which n- nobody wants that we yeah want no one should have to watch that movie again to keep up no i'm not gonna watch it again it's just gonna make me angry <laughs> <laughs> um how about this you got any honorable mentions no it would have been the Steelheart thing i guess uh they're yeah. already making the the orphan x into a show which is awesome so i would add you mentioned it briefly uh avatar would be yeah. excellent well they're already doing that are they yeah they're doing the the netflix show oh i didn't fucking know that show or movie one of the two but the uh not M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong's not in this one. <laughs> it's uh, the original creators are running it. Fucking sweet. Yeah. All right. I'm there. I'm in. So. I don't have any other auto mentions then. Good. <laughs> On to uh, the next. This has been a fun one. Uh, we're going to, uh, by the way, if you have any ideas for our Mambo number five, make sure you're hitting us up on Twitter at Soko Show Pod. Uh, let us know what you want our one through five list of, and uh, maybe we'll get it into the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. All right, let's get into, uh, we're going to have a couple reviews, but first, some movie news. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. Got a little bit of news, uh, a lot of superhero news. Let's start in the MCU. Maku. Maybe the most exciting news, at least for me, uh, it sounds like uh, Ryan Coogler, the who uh, wrote and directed the Black Panther movie that was so successful earlier in this year, is going to be back, Seth, for part two. Yeah, he got to hold out for that money. Make sure that Black Panther made all the money it could before he (laughs) signs on again. Yeah, Yeah, buddy. Yeah, so he'll be back. That's cool. Um, That's all he got. Yeah, Coogler, (laughs) fantastic. Fruitvale Station, um, Creed, Black Panther. The guy's Uh three for three. Yeah. Um, We'll see how the MCU looks by the time they get to Black Panther. Yeah, he's producing uh, Space Jam 2. Producing Space Jam. Probably going to be a fart box, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I'm really excited for this. Um, I'm nervous. It's going to be really hard to live up to the first one. Um, yeah. But if anyone can do it, I think it's cooler. I trust him inherently. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. I, yeah. I mean, it's it's the MCU. Yeah. It's Coogler. They've got me at this point. Yeah. You know. They're fine. They'll be fine. Speaking of, um, it does sound like we are going to get our Black Widow Black Widow. Mm-hmm. And uh, ScarJo's going to make bank on it. Yeah, 15 mil. 15 big ones. $15 for, these, for those of you out there that don't know. 
<laughs> what big ones are? <laughs> well, speaking of ScarJo. Um, <laughs> oh my God. She was. So this is the same amount of money that like Chris Evans and yep. RD, well not RDJ, but like Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth <laughs> were making on Infinity War. Yeah. So uh, And for their both both their solo movies too, they made yeah. that. So kind of a big, I mean, a, exciting thing for ScarJo. Mm-hmm. ScarJo's been one of the highest paid actresses for a while now. Yep. Uh, mostly because of the MCU. So pretty exciting to get a woman led movie that's going to pay like this. Yeah. Um, In the MCU. It's probably, I think going to be, well, after... um. Our, our first female-led one is going to be Captain Marvel. Yeah, she's making like $4 year. million, I think, for that. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, makes sense because she it's the first movie. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, no one makes that for their first movie in the MCU, and um, it's not a proven property yet. Right. So, Black, uh, Black Widow, people have been uh, really clamoring for it for a while now. Mm-hmm. She's got an interesting backstory. I think this has to be a prequel to be interesting. What's, what's kind of hard, though, is that, and was it Iron Man 2? They kind of go into her backstory a little bit. One of the movies. Avengers they, 2. Av- they talk a little bit is about it, it. Well, there's one, there's like flashbacks. Yeah, that's Avengers 2. Is it? Yep. Ultron? Um, there's like Because fla- she's connecting with Hulk. Yeah. So I don't know how much you can go into that. I don't want to see, I just don't want to see Red Sparrow again, please. That movie was bad. Yeah. I, maybe this is like just prior to Avengers. Uh-huh. Like maybe it's the, uh, maybe it, this is the mission where she gets caught and has to make a deal with S.H.I.E.L.D. Maybe mm-hmm. that, maybe it's that story leading up to that. Maybe. Um, but I want to see a fully fledged, I don't want an origin, I want a fully fledged Black Widow on some sort of mission. That'd be cool. Because this is just a spy movie. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. And yeah. that's what I fucking want. I want to see, yeah. I want to see Marvel try that. I want to see and a better Red her, Sparrow. Yeah, a better Red Sparrow would be great. And with ScarJo, I love her. She, the action is great when she's mm-hmm. been in it. Um, I like her whole thing. She can get it. <laughs> um, and I'm excited for this movie. I'm glad she's getting paid. Yeah. Um, I guess almost all of our news is superheroes. Uh, we'll stick with one more superhero story here at Deadpool. Is there's a new Deadpool project in the works. We don't know much about this, but it's going to come out this Christmas, which is weird. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a surprise. Uh, some rumors are that this is going to be a sort of PG-13 retelling yep. of the events of the previous movies um, uh, with maybe some a couple additional scenes or whatever. Is that what you're hearing? Yeah, that's that's what I'm hearing is a PG-13 re-release of, of Deadpool. Um, Kevin... Kevin... Kevin from the Wonder Years. What's the actor's name? Oh, Fred Savage. Fred Savage. Uh, he's did some promotional stuff for this, apparently. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's going to be it. Because uh, what's the movie that they tell him stories? It's at Christmas. Uh, the Princess Bride. That's what it is. Yeah. Princess Bride. So uh, they, they might be doing that with him. Fred Savage is an older guy uh, with Ryan Reynolds telling him a story and kind of cutting it. I think it. that's hilarious. They'd cut in like scenes from you know, the other movies and kind of tell the story of it. Could see something like that, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, I'm not going to spend money to go see I was going to say, are you going to see this? No. No, I'm not really interested. No. I like Deadpool how I currently have Deadpool. I've mm-hmm. seen each of them. I saw the first one twice, and I saw the second one once. Mm-hmm. That's all I I don't need to go back to Deadpool. And I'm sure it'd be funny and whatever, but I, one, I've seen these movies already. Deadpool 2 is fine. Um, and I would rather just watch something new, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not going to pay for the same movie twice, unless it's an awesome movie. Mm-hmm. Um Nobody went to Anchorman 2 the second time. You went remember, to twice? Remember when they did that? Oh, uh, yeah, Nobody yeah. went to that. I didn't go. They I hated Anchorman as, 2 the first time. Because they re-released it as like not rated or something like that? No, they gave you all the all different jokes. Because it was all it ad-libbed. Was. So they yeah. switched all the jokes out for new ones. Yeah, dumb. Yeah. I don't know how much they made on it, but yeah. dumb idea. Yeah, we're not going to this Deadpool thing. But maybe no. maybe some kids that didn't get to see Deadpool will get to see him now. And maybe That's if it's on cool. Netflix sometime, I'll you know, mm-hmm. throw it or the the whenever it becomes the Mar- the Disney streaming service or whatever, yeah. maybe they throw it on there. Maybe I'll watch it if I'm bored and see what's different, but definitely not spending another $10 to go see this. Yeah, I agree with you on that one for sure. 
Um, let's move out of superheroes into another, uh, maybe the next biggest movie universe is the Conjuring universe. Mm. And uh, it sounds like we got some news about uh, who might be appearing in Annabelle 3. It's true. You didn't hear about this. Um, uh, Patrick Wilson. And uh, what's the family's name? Patrick Wilson uh, and Vera Farmiga. What's their family's name? They're the Warrens. The Warrens. That's what they are. Um, they, uh, yeah, they'll be back in Annabelle 3. So I'm wondering when this is going to be set, right? Is this going to be the story of how they came to acquire Annabelle? Or is it going to be afterwards? I thought they already that, had that. Um, it was a brief. They did a brief kind of in the first Conjuring. They did it as a side story very mm-hmm. briefly. And then they had Annabelle, which um, is before that. And then they had Annabelle Creation, which is the original creation of Annabelle. Mm-hmm. So I don't know when in time this is going to take place. But I'm, I'm glad that Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson, they're the best part of the series, I think. So, Especially Vera Farmiga. From what I've heard is, and there's a Matt, there's this actress like Madeline something. I don't, she's a young actress. She, uh. She's going to be playing the babysitter for some kids that okay. have Annabelle, and it's the, the, these kids apparently been in the movies before, like they're in the mythology. Um, but apparently, Annabelle, the the whatever's in it, can like pass it on to other things. Oh. And so someone said, someone described this as like a horror version of Night at the Museum. Weird. So like other shit's gonna come to life. Well, first of all, Night of a Museum is horror version of Night of the Museum. <laughs> That's fucking terrifying. But also, um, I'm in for this. I, again, uh, the Conjuring universe has mm-hmm. the same kind of carte blanche that uh, the MCU does for me. At, maybe at a lower level, but the same idea. I'm gonna mm-hmm. go to all of them. I went to the Nun. The Nun was yeah. fine. Um, and uh, so I'm in for this, especially when those are involved. Yeah. So you think like maybe the whatever she like turns to life sne- or whatever the thing is sneaks into like the parents' room. And uh, brings to life like a like a like a vibrator or a flashlight. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> the flashlight's like no, it's like screaming things. <laughs> oh my god! I'm taking that one for ball four. Um, let's move into some reviews. <laughs> uh, we have three movie reviews: two that we went to together, and one uh, that you just saw that mm-hmm. I'm excited to hear about. I saw it two weeks ago. I forgot to talk about it last week. Why don't we start with that one since it's the sure. older one? Sure. Um, so this is, uh, Glenn Close is getting some Oscar buzz for this one. Closely Glenn. Closely Glenn. And, uh, I know that you, you discovered some new things about Glenn Close in this one. So why don't you get into the wife? She can get it. <laughs> uh, that's a weird thing to say. Um, She's yeah. old. That doesn't mean she can get it. She can't get it. No, it's just a weird sentence to say. Like it's <laughs> weird to say that about anyone. <laughs> Is that the first time you said it on the show? Probably. <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna make a sounder. Oh no, please. <laughs> um, so yeah, Glenn Close, the wife. Uh, this is a very small release movie, and it uh, kind of the basic premise. Without getting because it, it, once it gets going, it's it, going into it further. Kind of reveal spoilers, but. Uh, Glenn Close plays a wife to this writer, the wife. See where they get the title? Oh fuck! Yeah, crazy. Uh, this writer who writes fiction and he's very well known, very famous, and he gets a call that he won the Nobel Peace Prize uh, for literature. And he uh, clearly, I mean, he has a, he's he's definitely has some some problems um, in terms of like esteem and and and. Uh, social interactions, things like that. I think you even find out in, no, I'm, I won't say it. If you watch a trailer, I think you find this out, but I'm not even going to say it. Um, so kind of the story is Glenn, Glenn close being the wife, how she is reacting to all this 
um, to the Nobel Prize and how in her involvement in the whole thing, kind of in in the writer's life and his profession, how that affects her in terms of like um, recognition and things like that. Um, there's also some kind of storylines with uh, the children of those two. Uh, the daughters has this perfect life with being, you know, having a kid and stuff and they love her. And the son is trying to live up to his father and uh, be a writer. He's a writer himself. And he wants the, he, he just wants recognition from his father and his father won't give it. Cause he's like this big star type thing. So there's some interesting scenes there. Um, as you mentioned, uh, Glenn Close has, uh, she's sounds like she's a front runner, uh, kind of like her and Lady Gaga are the only real locks right now for, for best picture uh, or not best picture, best actress. Uh, the movie as a whole, I don't think would win, would be nominated for Best Picture. It's a very good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. Glenn Close is absolutely awesome in this movie. But the movie is, is as a whole, it just doesn't have the same kind of feel. It's, it does take some cool twists and turns. has some really good performances. The husband's awesome, too. And he's actually a famous actor. I just can't think of his name right now. Um, but as a whole, I just think the movie doesn't quite deliver like, like A Star is Born left me with way more of an emotional... Sure. Gut punch, you know. Well, just seeing an Oscar movie, you can kind of always feel that with an Oscar movie, um, and this one doesn't quite give it. It's it's like how um, when I saw Darkest Hour last year, and that actually was nominated, but I I, I felt way more of the performances than mm-hmm. I did the the movie story. Itself. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think when I saw this movie though, I was like, Glenn Close is awesome. She did a really good job. Her character is great. Um, has a lot of good messages. And she portrays them well. I just didn't have the same like when I saw, when I saw Darkest Hour, and I knew like when I saw that I'm like he's gonna win. Mm-hmm. I knew it from that point. I was like he's gonna win this. Um, I don't feel that with her. I feel I, I think she's a favorite right now apparently, but I want to see the other things. And also I just don't feel that same humph. You know, sure. like Lady Gaga, I think was awesome. I honestly I think I liked Lady Gaga's performance better because of the she didn't she wasn't a better actress than Glenn Close was right. but her character was much more suited I think sure um, she's doing different stuff yeah because yeah. Lady Gaga was doing Lady Gaga mm. on on screen that's you know she was being a singer she's done that before she can mm-hmm. she can connect emotionally whereas like Glenn Close has been a million things and she's I don't think she's ever been a wife to a writer you know like <laughs> so um, her performance is much more impressive technically speaking. Uh, she does an awesome job. So um, I would recommend seeing this, though. I for it, This takes place in the 90s and stuff. I was really worried when I saw the trailer that it, I didn't I knew it wasn't going to be British. I have a hard time with British shows, British mm-hmm. movies. Um, there's one where Keira Knightley that, that I was going to go see this movie with Keira Knightley called Colette. The side note. Um, and she's kind of getting a little like a oh, potential Oscar nomination buzz. Um, so I'm going to see it if it does get nominated. But I was like. I don't, I don't want to sit through a two-hour movie with a bunch of British people talking from the 1960s. Don't want to see it. But this <laughs> you one, don't ca- like to hear rich Brits talk. Oh, my talk. God. It's annoying. Um, it, with Lynn Close, this was in the 90s. This was, this was about literature and writing and stuff, but it was what, much more of a family drama than it was about the literature and stuff. So liked this a lot, actually. I would recommend it, though. Definitely uh, see it if you're going to be an Oscar watcher. You know, see mm. all the movies. Watch this for sure. And uh, for her performance, even just alone, but it's actually a really entertaining movie. I enjoyed it. I like the uh, I like Glenn Close a lot. I think it's exciting to have her back, mm-hmm. kind of in the forefront. If she gets nominated, I'm definitely going to see this, especially mm-hmm. because I I know a little bit more than you're telling, uh, yeah, getting yeah. into spoiler territory, and I think it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I may try to check this out if she gets nominated, but I'll probably save it till then. But I like the um, 
I like the idea of having Glenn Close in this role because you haven't seen her in much mm-hmm. in years. So, and I always love when an actor like that can kind of come back, yeah, and, and give a great performance. A lot of people are saying this could be more of like a, a lifetime achievement win for her. Sure. Um, what be, I mean, she does a great job in the movie, but you know, because she has never won one, mm-hmm. um, people will be like, oh, we should give it to her. Kind of like Gary Oldman. Same thing that happened yeah. to Gary Oldman last year. Yeah. Again, his performance is amazing, but. You know, they, he was more likely to get it because of yeah. same thing. So, um, and Lady Gaga, this is her first time, all that stuff. So, um, again, yeah, I, I liked it way more. I saw it because I've heard good things about Glenn Close, but I did enjoy the movie and had a much better time at the theater watching it than I expected going in. Well, there you go. Um, we're going to make an Oscar movie sandwich today. So we'll go, uh, we'll go to El Royale next. Sure. Um, the, uh, just last night as of our recording, uh, Seth and I went over to bad times at the El Royale, but times really interesting premise here. Uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, hotel, the El Royale, uh, sits on the border between Nevada and California. And there's some interesting stuff that goes on with what you can do on each side mm-hmm. of the hotel for those different reasons. Cause of some differing state laws. Um, a lot of different characters come to the hotel, each with their own dark stories and secrets yeah. and a lot of interweaving stories. Um, I'll start here. I think where the first half of this movie does really well is they, they mess with time a little bit mm-hmm. where they, they kind of go through, and this isn't a spoiler, but they go through and they give you each character's story individually. Mm-hmm. So you watch for a certain amount of time, you watch the same couple hours mm-hmm. from one character's standpoint then from another, then from another. And as you're picking them all up, you see them inter- intersect in really interesting ways. Yep. And you start to see different angles of the same events that occur between them. I loved that part of the movie. Um, I thought it was really well. Um, the The cast in this I thought was excellent. They had some really eclectic kind of characters that I thought really well done. John Hamm was a highlight for me. I loved his character yeah, yeah. in this. Um, he has a really He has a really great scene early on where you first meet him. And he really kind of establishes a presence that mm-hmm. I enjoyed. Um, you have, I think the next most interesting thing to me in this is, is Chris Hemsworth. He, This is Chris <laughs> Hemsworth like you've never seen him. And the first thing I said to you when we came out is you can tell in this movie that Chris Hemsworth is having fun acting in a way that maybe since like Thor Ragnarok, like that kind, where you can tell he enjoyed making this. Mm-hmm. And it was really, his character is really interesting. I can't say much about him because it gets into spoilers, but... Um, Really enjoyed him, but everyone in this, uh, Dakota Johnson, mm-hmm. is excellent. Jeff Bridges, I loved Jeff yeah, Bridges' he was great. character in this. Uh, there's a couple others who I can't Cynthia name. Cynthia in Vio? Is she the singer? She's the singer, yeah. Yeah, so she's great. The Hotel Bellboy is fantastic in yeah, this. I um, really enjoyed him. So I looked up, I looked, because we talked about it after, um, I, I, or during the movie, I was like, who is that guy? He looks really familiar. Um, that kid, his name's Lewis Pullman. Um, you've seen him before in The Stranger's Prey at Night. Um, oh my god is that him and then he's going to be in Top Gun Maverick okay and then he was also in a movie I really enjoyed that I remembered him from was uh, Battle of the Sexes the, the uh, okay the, the tennis, tennis movie right? yeah. so he, I liked him a lot he was really good he was excellent especially in this his, his arc I love I, this movie is very interesting to me because it's got a really cool aesthetic mm-hmm. and a really cool vibe yeah. that was super unique Yep. and that's what I went different, for different yeah yeah that's what I went for is it was a different type of experience than any other movie that you've seen it's very unique mm-hmm. uh, Drew Goddard is, is uh, I think fantastic did he do um, Martian The Martian yeah he did do The Martian which was excellent he, he wrote it I think yeah, he wrote and directed it. He did. Uh, he was involved in Cloverfield, Cabin in the Woods. Um, somehow involved in Daredevil. He might have done an episode or two. So um, he directed some good place. Yeah, 
Yeah. He, he didn't direct The Martian. He just wrote it. He just wrote. Okay. Yeah. He's only, so, this was his, oh, the Cabin in the Woods was his first feature film and then this was his second. Cabin in the Woods, by the way, if you haven't seen it, fantastic. It almost I, sounds like you're saying Kevin in the Woods. <laughs> that's also good, but that's a different kind of movie. <laughs> Um, Bad Times at Oral Royale I thought was a lot of fun. It was very, it was more intriguing. Mm-hmm. It was more of a good mystery mm-hmm. to me than I realized it was going to be going in. Lots of cool twists and turns here. Yeah. Um, but overall, just uh, just fun was yeah. the way I would describe this one. What are, what are some other things yeah, that you noticed? I echo everything you say there. Um, two things that I liked uh, that you didn't mention. Um, one is, so you mentioned kind of like the, the storylines. They approach it, if you've ever seen the movie Clue, they, mm. they do like a cut-in of like, because Clue will do like, and then this is what happened, you know. Like a card, like a silent movie Yeah, card. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they do that to do each segment up each room, and then like each thing overlaps, which is really cool. And then uh, kind of the other point, from the beginning of the movie, like, so I knew going in, this is a two and a half hour movie, kind of long, kind of hard to get through, you know, those type of long movies like that. Um, but from the beginning of this movie, I was in. Mm-hmm. You know, like they the way they unravel this, it's a slow, nice, slow slow burn but it's very the way they unravel everything keeps you on the edge of your seat the entire time like wondering what's going to happen what's going to happen why does this matter Mm -hmm. and they do an awesome job of making sure everything that's happened matters in one way or another yep no wasted motion here in a two and a half hour movie that's hard yeah and so they they do an awesome job of that that kept me entertained you know it's not the best movie i've seen this year but it's definitely one of the more entertaining ones i've seen yeah. so um for something i wasn't expecting expecting a ton out of and almost like wanting to go in to be like because it's two and a half hours long mm-hmm. um i had a great time other than the last 20 minutes or so like the last 20 minutes could have been cut by about 15 sure um but it was wasn't bad it was just like get to the point type of thing it's almost like watching ryan gosling walk in blade runner mm-hmm. um but uh and it it, it 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 just it could have been cut and not and and been more to the point a little more a more, little more just like you know a strong punch at the end like that you know yep um but yeah as a whole i really enjoyed it would definitely recommend seeing it super fun we're, we're gonna recommend you see this in theaters uh, a lot of great music and visuals in this that make it a good theater movie mm-hmm. um and you're gonna stay in this um you yeah. know from the beginning you're wondering just like seth said what the hell's going on mm-hmm. and you never really do find out until close to the end yeah so um this is a good one we're recommending you see it in theaters great cast love the aesthetic and the sound and the feel the mood of this movie and a great mystery too mm-hmm. um this is this is a winner for us not gonna win any oscars or get nominated no, or anything no, no. like that but uh, but very enjoyable mm-hmm. so check it out um i am incredibly excited to talk about our third movie. Yeah. Uh, so this is First Man. This is the uh, Neil Armstrong biopic based on the novel of the same name, I believe. Oh, uh, yeah. It's uh, called... Uh, <laughs> it's a novel pushed by Sapphire. <laughs> um, Precious. Damien Chazelle is directing. Ryan Gosling is starring, but there's an incredible cast around him as well. Um, obviously, there's some uh, some Oscar buzz around this mm-hmm. one. I'll let you go first, Seth. What are some of your thoughts on First Man? Yeah, um... Yeah, I mean, just like you mentioned, it's it's a biopic on Neil Armstrong, starring Ryan Gosling. Uh, delivers a really good performance as Neil as Neil Armstrong. Um, doesn't you know change the change the game by any means? There's nothing that he really has to do that's super strong, but he does a really good job uh, of of what he needs to do. And there's a few there are a few pretty emotional scenes that he has to to uh, portray. I mean, the 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 story is Neil Neil Armstrong biopic, so mm-hmm. I can't really say like you know the. It does anything crazy or anything like that. Right. That's some really, I mean, it's a, it's shot beautifully. There's some really cool effects. Um, but it, I think the thing that I liked the most watching it, the look of it was, it looked like it was shot in the seventies, very grainy, oh, God, yeah. uh, very kind of dullish colors. Um, but it was really cool to watch through that lens. 
Um, so again, going back to the performances, uh, Ryan Gosling was really good. Claire Foy, though, for me, was the the yeah. real winner. Um, sounds like she's pretty much a lock for Best Supporting Actress, and she definitely deserves it. Sounds like the Supporting Actress category this year is going to be really strong. So nice. keep an eye out for that this year. But uh, yeah, uh, Claire Foy was awesome. Um, I was telling, telling you when we left the theater, like, as much as I enjoyed the... As much as I enjoyed the the space stuff, I really liked the stuff more when he's at home, when he's mm. back on Earth, when he's interacting with uh, with uh, you know Claire Foy and with um, Jason Clark. Jason Clark, you knew how I was talking about just by waving my arm. <laughs> um, Jason Clark was was really good in this movie too. Uh, just a, the the whole the political part of it and the the human part of it with family and the relationship with him and Claire and him and Claire Foy. Um, that was the part I liked the most because mm-hmm. of the performances and because of how how real they made that feel. So um, that's what I really liked about it as a whole. Liked the movie, uh, but didn't love it, but I liked it a lot. And uh, I could definitely see some things Oscar wise being nominated. But this movie is kind of getting shit on right now. Really? Yeah, it's uh, one is the whole the patriot patriot thing. You know, not oh, fuck showing those people. Yeah, and I agree with that. The other is it bombed. It did not do well really? at all. It got fifth in the box office this week. Yikes. Uh, Venom smoked it. Starsbone got second again. Um, actually, no, I think First Man got... Th- uh, Bad Times got fifth. First Man got third. Okay. Um, but still, it finished behind movies that have been out for two weeks. Huh. <laughs> you know, um, and I think part of it is due to the Patriot thing, and part of it's uh, just due to it's not... Uh, it's not... It, again, it doesn't do anything different, and not everyone cares about space, you uh-huh. know? Uh, the trailers don't make it look like, ah, you know, kind of like The Martian or Gravity or those sure, type of movies. Yeah. It's just, it just looks very biopicy. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are kind of concerned about its Oscar chances right now uh, in terms of as best picture. I think Claire Foy is definitely locked in, though. I would agree with you. I think um, what's interesting is I, I it sucks that it bombed because I, lo- I, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to talk for a couple minutes now about how much I love this movie. <laughs> um, but I will say this. Um, Oscar movies aren't allowed to make money. So I don't think it disqualifies it. Um, yeah, well, but, uh, Our Star but is Born made $100 million now. <laughs> yeah. But that's, you know, it's got Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper in it. Yeah. So it's a different kind of, you know, um, La La Land didn't make a ton of money in theaters. So it's, yeah. I don't think it disqualifies it. Now, it, it, I wish it made more money. I think that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because I bet this was expensive as fuck. Um, I think the budget was around 50 is that all? They mm-hmm. did a lot with not so much then. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so here's what I think about First Man. Um, I think the supporting cat. I, I love uh, Ryan Gosling in this. I think he does mm-hmm. what he's asked incredibly well. Mm-hmm. But his character in this, uh, they portray Armstrong as a very reserved, very quiet, um, sort of uh, internally emotional guy. Mm-hmm. So he's not asked to do a lot outwardly. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, I don't know that he's really a, a best uh, actor maybe not a winner maybe and maybe a nominee but not a winner yeah it sounds like he's kind of on the fringe right now yeah so uh, and that's just because of what he was asked to do what he's asked to do he does incredibly well mm-hmm. um but around him there are other more flashy performances claire foy yeah. being one of them i really love jason clark in this yep um you have uh the guy who kyle chandler i think is the guy's name who was yeah. the kind of the NASA guy? Yep. Um, everybody around the the central cast, um, Corey Stoll, is Buzz Aldrin. Is Buzz Aldrin? He's great in this, yeah. where he gets to shine in a couple moments. Um, so the the performances, the supporting cast is incredible. Ryan Gosling is also incredible. He's just not asked to do as much as say mm-hmm. Bradley Cooper last week. Yep. Um, so that's I think the difference between those two performances. But this movie as a whole, to me, is incredible. Like. 
everything that I love about movies is in this movie. Um, they did so much, and especially to hear that it was only a $50 million budget, there are, um, they strike a really great balance between personal and the space stuff, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which I think is great, and they do both very well. Um, I gravitated opposite of you as usual more toward the space stuff. Mm-hmm. They they portrayed all the space stuff incredibly realistically, incredibly dramatically. There is there are so many tight butthole dramatic <laughs> tension moments where you're you're thinking you know how this ends, mm-hmm. but you don't you you question it in moments in this. Mm-hmm. Um, they they give you a lot of claustrophobia. Um, they do a lot with sound and and with this this movie generally is very zoomed in, mm-hmm. right? And and that's in in scope literally on the screen, but also in the scope of everything that's happening. You mm-hmm. don't get to see big presidential speeches. You don't get to see politics. You don't get to see the public very much. Yep. You see Neil and what he sees. You don't even get to see every mission of the Apollo program. You see only what he sees for the most part. Um, and I love that about this. It makes it a very personal story. Um, so between that and the space stuff being done so well... And I think there's a few incredibly emotional beats in this that they do that they do super well. Um, the score in this, I think, is incredible. I've been listening to it on uh, just on my own, and <laughs> it, it's it's really really good. Justin Horowitz is one of my favorite composers right now. He's done all of Damien Chazelle's movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that that grabs me the most about this movie and that impresses me the most is is restraint. And what I mean by that is you have a lot of moments in this movie where a lesser actor and a lesser director would be way over the top. There are some emotional emotional scenes in this where most actors would be screaming and crying and pounding their fist and, and Ryan Gosling is just breaking your fucking heart with his eyes. Mm-hmm. And there are moments of grandeur in this where space shuttles are, are taking off or he's walking on the moon and they barely give you any score mm-hmm. right in uh, in moments where lesser directors would give you dun, 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 time for you to fucking feel they just show you and let you go through that on your own mm-hmm. and i love that they even there are even moments where i wanted to get yeah and and they say no <laughs> they say no cody just just watch mm-hmm. and i love that about this um there are a couple moments there's one specific moment when he's on the moon at the end um where he um it's sort of the um, the closed loop of his emotional story if yeah. you can put that together um that just murders you see that and, it, and it's just it's just a half second super quiet no score no one screaming and crying just the smallest little thing and it just wrecked me yeah i i that was done with like his performance and that was really good um he didn't have to do a whole lot but i mm. um i saw i count i i immediately saw like i was like that's gonna i knew he was gonna do that <laughs> yeah. from, from the second that that part was introduced on the screen i was uh-huh. like here that's gonna happen yeah so, i didn't i didn't go to that yeah um i was so sucked all the way into this movie i was like sweating at the parts where he was in action i think that what they were able to do and even just technically the way they made this mm-hmm. to look you can't go to space you can't go to the fucking moon and you ha- you can't have zero gravity mm-hmm. but all of this n- there was not a moment in this where i questioned that it was real it looked yeah. like a documentary and uh i think that was really special and this movie is not it's not you know um it's probably not going to be many people's favorite movie ever it's not yeah. inc- it's, you're not going to jump out of your seat and cheer at any moment but i have such an appreciation for the way this movie was made and the way that it made me feel uh-huh. with 
with doing like this is the same guy that made La La Land where they're singing about the food they're eating mm-hmm. and now he's giving you so people, excited you're smacking your mic I am knocking my mic around I love this movie this is one of my top probably three this year really um, Damien Chazelle with this has he now is one of my favorite living directors like mm-hmm. top three um, I will now see everything he comes out with now without a trailer. I don't even need to know what the synopsis he's is. He's entered uh, Tarantino territory. He's entered Tarant- He's entered Tarant territory to me <laughs> right now. I'm he he has me. Him and and Horowitz as a team together do such magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Ryan Gosling in this. Claire Foy should get nominated, and as far as what I've seen so far, should win. I don't know what else is coming out. Yeah, but she's incredible in this. Um, but just this movie as a whole, and it's just sat on me in a way, and it's grown on me over the last week or so since we saw it that I am just floored by the way they were able to put all this together. <laughs> I think it's funny because, like, for me, a movie like this would never sit with me because there's, mm-hmm. there's nothing, there's nothing, for me, there's nothing new about it. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen, you know, it, it's, I mean, it's different because it's, it's a, it's his biopic, but, like, I've seen Space before. Yeah. And, and it's not like, like an interstellar where it's, like, there's different things and themes to think about. This is just, like, for me, a straight up movie. And it was really good. Yeah. Um, and there's some like really good, like you mentioned, there's some really cool scenes and things like that, but it's not the scenes that make me think about stuff over and over again. It's like the themes and the ideas and the questions. And this doesn't leave you with any questions. Mm -hmm. Um, this just kind of says, here's his life and it's cool. It's really good. Yeah. I liked it. Uh, I don't think, but it's not like in my top 10 for the year, you know, like, um, and that, that makes me think too, I think like Star is born is pretty similar. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's things to think about like in their relationships and stuff like that, but it's not, it, when the movie's over the movie's over yeah um and i think in terms of like oscars this year i think i don't think either of those win um star i i think i don't i, I don't even know first man gets nominated as a movie i think chazelle for sure gets nominated as director should and i think adapted uh, screenplay maybe boy for sure is nominated as is supporting um but like i think the movie that wins this year is a movie that's different mm-hmm. i think it's going to be something that you haven't seen before like Shape of Water was. Um, it's going to be something that makes you think a little more. I think it's going to be something that it just doesn't, it doesn't have the same kind of, a, it doesn't have like a standard appeal, you know, standard story doesn't have the, like a normal appeal mm-hmm. like that. That's what I think is going to win. I think we're going to see more and more of those nominations. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. the, to kind of conclude on First Man and I, before we saw either movie, I could have told you you would like mm-hmm. Star is Born better and I would like First Man better. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I the thing that the maybe the thing that sits on me the most is because they zoom so in on Neil Armstrong and they give you here is this guy. Mm-hmm. They show you at home with his family. They don't show you the press coverage or the whole worldview. You mm-hmm. just get what he sees almost all the time. What you get in this is you see throughout that whole program. There's people dying. Mm-hmm. There's risks. He never knows if he's coming home. Yeah. He's got kids to go back to. And there's a point in this where he is he's standing on the moon at the end. And you're standing there with Spoilers. him. Spoilers. And yeah. And you realize that he is literally he's just a fucking guy. Mm-hmm. Just like you and me. Mm-hmm. And through this whole big series of events that happened, he mm-hmm. wasn't supposed to ever be that guy. Here he is fucking standing yeah. on the moon. And that the gravity of that moment in that makes this whole movie for me in a way that i i understand is not for everybody yeah but i'm i'm a space guy and that specific thing about space grabs me yeah so it's not so much something the movie actively did but something the movie pointed out yeah to me um no they do a good job the movie does do a good job of portraying how how small yeah he is compared in like that something like that can actually like 
for me, it's like the, the, the fact that someone is on the moon was just a fact in a book. Mm-hmm. But then this movie did a good job of portraying it. Yeah. And like showing how crazy it was for one that were up there. And for two, just like that, the fact that someone could do that mm-hmm. and, and, and be on the moon and like that someone actually did that. Yeah. Is, is really cool. It just doesn't. I mean, once it's over for me, it's over mm-hmm. and it doesn't. Nothing sticks with me. You yeah. Know? Um, the, the last I won't say it. But the the very last scene right before they cut to credits, Mm -hmm. I think was a perfect illustration of what I'm talking about with restraint Mm -hmm. and with bringing it into just the personal stuff. Mm -hmm. The the very last shot of this movie I love. Um, And so I we're going to recommend this. That people should yeah. see it. I highly recommend seeing it in theaters. The, just yeah. the, the the sound and the sound is going to get nominated. Bet fucking money. The yeah. sound gets nominated. Um, and the picture is great. They do some interesting things with the camera. Um, see this in theaters if you can. Um, and and lobby for it. Lobby with me for it for Oscar consideration for yeah. other stuff because I want to see it win some awards. I love Chazelle and I love Space and I love Gosling. I want this to win some stuff. I understand it's maybe not as high up on the list as some of the other stuff we've seen. See the other stuff first. <laughs> There you go. Well, that's that's first, man. Let us know what you think. Um, we've seen two probably Oscar contenders, three if you count uh, the wife, which mm-hmm. we do. Um, let us know what you think so far. What uh, if you've seen A Star Is Born and First Man? Let us know what you liked better. Who's right, Seth or me? Uh, hit us up at Soko Show Pod um, and uh, and let us know what your thoughts. We're gonna keep on trucking uh, tomorrow. Hold on, got some breaking news. Breaking news. Break yourself, fool. And that's when you break. I almost forgot about that part. Um, I just wanted to hear the Breaking Bad song. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, uh, TV show. I uh, just got this notification on my phone. A TV show will be ending this this uh, upcoming season. Uh, it's a show that I reviewed and actually kind of predicted that it would be ending soon. Um, didn't think it would be this season, but it is. Uh, Orange is the New Black will be ending after season seven. Wow. So that is big news. That is pretty big because it's, I mean, it's one of the Netflix originals. Mm-hmm. Um, now, because House Cards is done, uh, that comes out in a few weeks. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Orange is the New Black will end probably next summer. So, uh, yeah, that's huge. Uh, kind of the original Netflix is yeah, dying out. Yeah, that's OG. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. It's time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I even said that, I think. Yeah. Like, I liked the season. I liked the season a lot. Um, but... I think that this is probably a good point to to finish it out. Yep, I would agree. Very exciting. We got a little breaking news. Mm-hmm. That's going to do it for our movie section as well. We're going to wrap the show up, but not before we give you one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to? Sure, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever gone first with the one more thing. <laughs> uh, so for those who spend a lot of time on the internet and on their phone, uh, you probably know this already. But uh, YouTube went down for a brief moment, uh, maybe like an hour or so, on uh, what would have been Tuesday night for those who uh, were recording on Wednesday, which is a little different. But yeah. a Tuesday night uh, went down. I just was was watching uh, some, I was trying to watch Dave Batista talk on uh, on the Smackdowns on uh, the thousandth, epi- thousandth episode on my YouTube TV, trying to watch it. And all of a sudden it just goes away. I said something went wrong. So then I was like, oh, let's see, I'll watch some movie trivia schmodown on YouTube. And that was down, too. YouTube was all down. The YouTube music was down. Um, people were freaking out on yeah, Twitter. I thought they're, it was the apocalypse. They're, they're, people were just going nuts. Uh, when I pulled it up, because a lot of times I'll check Twitter if like something kind of more social is happening. And um, like football, a lot of times I'll check like uh, injuries on there. So I mm-hmm. did that for, you, for YouTube. I typed in YouTube. And the thing that came up, YouTube, YouTube down. 
and it was I I did this 15 minutes after it happened, and there was 80,000 tweets about it. <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ. Um, so people were posting weird ass video. I showed you the one video. Some chick was like smoking weed and like freaking out. <laughs> um, some some guy was screaming into his camera like, "Why is this happening?" Um, tweets abound uh, about this. So just to let you know, or just just something to ponder. Um, if, if if one little one little piece of our normal society is gone, people will lose their shit. I was ready to start looting. <laughs> I would honestly I don't think like my life would drastically change without YouTube. Yeah. Drastically change. And it sounds like there'd be chaos in the streets. You know who else's life would change? At Jared Buckendall. That's what, a good segue. What would he do with all his free time? I he could post to like Omegle or something. <laughs> uh is Omegle Bring, a thing? Is that a video I, thing? I don't know. It sounded like you were making up some weird sex position. Hey, that's a, it's a site. I don't know what it's for. Someone tell <laughs> me someone get on the tweets at underscore Cody Michael. Let me know what Omega is Omegle is for. Um could uh, bring up his old MySpace page, bring that back, put up some, <laughs> some videos or we something. We got to find Jared's MySpace. Yeah. We got to find it. Uh, that is a good uh, good time to bring in uh, the fact that you should definitely follow us on YouTube. At Jared Buckendall. Uh, Jared right now, uh, just today, posted a Halloween retro rec- or, uh, retro JB classic <laughs> uh, in anticipation of the reboot or the, the sequel uh, coming up this weekend. So make sure you're checking that out as well as all of his reviews and stuff. And... Um, Jared has also uh, got merch now, so merch. Uh, we're gonna link to his uh, T Public site where you can uh, go pick up some merch and 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 Jared's doing another giveaway where you're gonna be able to win some JB merch. So we're gonna link to all that stuff below. Make sure you're checking out all of Jared's exciting new shit that he's got going on at Jared Buckendall. A lot of a lot of really fun stuff. That guy's working over there, no doubt. Twerking. Uh, I want to tell you my one more thing. It's a funny story from my work, actually. Um, so we're having a one of my last days at my current office here in Iowa is going to be next week. And uh, there's going to be a little happy hour in my honor. Mm-hmm. And uh, my boss sent out um, sent out um, an invitation to the people in my office to come. Mm-hmm. And uh, he sent it out and it said uh, the title of the event is Cody's Bon Voyage. <laughs> And, um, which if you don't know is French for good luck or have a good trip and, or um, suck eggs. Yeah. Or suck eggs. So, uh, you know, people are RSVPing to that and deciding to come and stuff. And, uh, the funny thing though, is it did not say Cody's Bon Voyage. Um, instead of an N in Bon, um, Dwayne actually put a Y instead of an N. Boy Voyage. Uh, Boy Voyage. Oh my god, that's amazing! So people were RSVPing to <laughs> Cody's boy voyage. <laughs> oh my god, and I couldn't even I couldn't even be mad because that's the funniest fucking thing I have ever seen. Oh my god, Cody's boy voyage, and I was oh my god, I was. <laughs> I showed it to my one coworker, Alex, and we not sh- like 10 minutes. We lost weight. We were laughing so hard. And I'm just picturing all these people being like, what the fuck is his boy voyage? Is Cody traveling across the country to look for a man? Oh, my God. Oh, it was it was. The, it's the funniest thing that's happened to me in a long time. Oh, that's And funny awesome. shit happens to me. I can just picture you and Alex fucking pooping your pants over it, it happened it happened a few days ago and i've been wanting to tell you but i really wanted to tell oh, you on, that's on recording. awesome <laughs> that's so amazing <laughs> you had a boy voyage and there's uh oh my god it's just so funny because it's oh it's just a weird and i think he sent it like on national coming out day too 
<laughs> so like the it was just a funny and uh, i couldn't even like i couldn't even mad because that's fucking hilarious that's amazing i loved it boy voyage cody's boy voyage which i i, I didn't i shouldn't have told you because you're probably never going to let me live that down but mm. i had to bust it out for this week's one more thing but i'm down to one more, one more thing that's going to do it for episode 65 of The Soko Show. Don't forget to subscribe wherever it is you may be listening. Uh, also, don't forget to follow on YouTube. At Jared Buckendall. All episodes of The Soko Show, as well as Jared's uh, trailers, reviews. Uh, again, we're going to link to all Jared's new merch and uh, his giveaway in the link down below. So make sure you check that out. Um, tweet us at underscore Cody Michael, at Seth O'Water, at Soko Show Pod, if you want to get into the conversation about some of the topics this week. Also, don't forget our sponsors, audibletrial.com slash SoCo, 30 days in your first book for free. Free! Mathis Designs on Etsy. Get out there for all your graphic design needs. Paid! And if you need your woodwork, hit up uh, Mike's Wood. That's etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed. Wood. Wood indeed. Uh, that's again going to do it. Episode 65 of the SoCo show is rolling out. This is only your co-host. A, only a few more left in, uh, in person. I know. Yeah. Before I get out, it's uh, maybe one or two shows left before yeah. before we're doing it uh, from Oregon. So mm. it's going to be exciting. Well, you'll time. be doing it from Oregon. I'll be. I'll be in Oregon. You'll yeah. be still here in Iowa. Yeah, my boy voyage starts very soon. <laughs> <laughs> but worry not, worry not. We will be back for episode sixty six very soon. Uh, for Seth, this Only is Cody. A few more to my we will see you next week. Boy voyage. <laughs>